The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? You are leaving higher Mr. Stark. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, I am your host, Roddy Katz, and you can find me at Roddy Katz on Twitter, News News Need on Twitter, also uh, CB Caps on Instagram. It's, it's like right there underneath the underneath it right there boom boom and with me over here oops sorry all this direction is h underscore 70 on twitter and instagram what's up everybody that was that was nice that was good really good um and also with us tonight the um, i don't want to say the randy savage of comics because that doesn't sound <laughs> That's a, and can't hear you either. So. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to unmute. Uh oh, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Oh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's even got the belt. Okay, so he's ready. I need, pomp and yeah. I need pomp and circumstance. That's the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get this nice. He's now here underneath me. PC and underscore Derek on Twitter. Although, I mean you. You had music for you about Brooklyn. Do you have anything with Springfield? Do you have like from The Simpsons? Or? I was going to ask. Springfield, okay. Springfield. <laughs> I was going to ask if you guys had any recommendations. Yeah, well, you know, that one's kind of was on the fly. So we can't, I mean, you know, next time, next time, <laughs> next, next time, time we know. Anyway, I'll PC work on it. Yeah, PC Nunscore Dirt on Twitter, PopCultureNet on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com and of all of his umbrella sites therein. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, what is that other belt behind you? This this is actually the uh, CIPW Central Illinois Professional Wrestling uh, Illinois State Wrestling Championship, huh. which is now in my possession. I declared myself the champion. Oh, well, uh, all right then. Because I am Professor Philip H. Dempsey. That's right. right. I am the president of CIPW, and so if I want to, I can just strip somebody of the title and declare myself the champion. Any words to um, um, take over the I uh, the AIW? The AIW yeah, or AEW? AEW? Yeah, is that, I don't know which one it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't follow wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may, maybe I stole Jericho's belt. Who knows? Oh snap! What? That is right. Yeah, somebody did. I did see that. <laughs> what? So well, when we find out, all the wrestling all the time. No, no, let's kill that right here, right now. Um, and not with us here tonight. Also, a wrestling fan, obviously, oddly enough. Uh, Tim T O G G nine eight on Twitter. I'm the only, the lonely standout here, sadly. Um, CB Cron on Twitter. Also, the uh, Click Nation on Twitter. That's D A B K L I Q N A T I O N. DClickNation dot com. And also, comic book resources where he's over there writing, writing his face off. You can find this here program on CSPN.us, the Cold Slither Podcast Network. Do it today. 
right. And also, you can find us at Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, although you should probably start saying iTunes since they got that nifty new web thing for whatever now. Um, Spotify and the Coastal of the Podcast Network's Spotify, no, it's not Spotify page, um, SoundCloud page. Alright, gents, let's get into this, get far away from that wrestling talk, and get into the books of the week. Me people. <laughs> gotta be where gotta be. Um, uh, with... Fair Doctor Who. Hey, 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 you watch your mouth, sir. You watch your mouth. <laughs> I mean, there are cases where that, that could be a thing, but, you know, eh. Not Love here, it. not now. Just it's going down. It's going down. <laughs> Justice, <laughs> Justice League number thirty-one. Yes, thirty-one. Uh, gentlemen, tell me about this issue, please. It's a book, and it happened. Oh, oh. there you go. So let's move on to the next book. <laughs> I mean, in, in in the briefest way, you know, in the briefest way of you know to describe this issue, it's basically um, there is a, a mild cliffhanger at the end of the previous issue. And the JLA, basically, the, there's two different groups, two different, like, uh, uh, away groups that are now set to acquaint themselves in the past. One with the, uh, with, in the past with the uh, Justice Society of America and in the future with Kamandi, the last boy on Earth. And there are uh, reasons why they are in these respective time periods. And, um, you know, they're trying to figure out what the LOD. And there's another wrestling reference. Um <laughs> Uh, the Legion of Doom in uh, DC canon. Hey, to the be tra- fair, DC had that first, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. They, they took the name from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They love the so, cartoon, so they use the who name. Who doesn't? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Right. So, um, um, oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead. well the, the problem I had is that this book on the cover, it's like, the war begins here. And that is the very last page, or like the very last page, it's just kind of beginning, getting ready to kick off. Right, so, so it's not exactly false advertising, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it's it's um, there's a lot of talking in this one. There's a lot of like trying to figure out what exactly is going on, um, and and it's weird because this seems to kind of fall into a pre end of Doomsday Clock scenario. But um, the Legion of Superheroes special that we got that we'll talk about later that seems to be a post doomsday clock thing and there's different stuff going on here that they don't seem to work together so it's kind of a confusing time right now in the dc continuity um but they do uh they do have this you know question that comes up where it's like who are the justice society how is there another flash how is there another green lantern how is there another adam you know how is there another Starman? like trying to figure out why none of that makes sense and why nobody's heard of it. So they, they do have that going on in the story, which is interesting. It's also um, necessary for anyone who's picking this up for the first time. True, true. Uh, but it, it also makes it really confusing when they answer the question of how it's happening, because like I said, it, it doesn't gel with what's happening in the Legion of Superheroes special that we'll, we'll talk about later tonight. Um, but it's just, like I said, it's, it's a weird point right here where you're stuck between two different continuities because of Doomsday Clock being out of whack and everybody playing around with their stories and timelines uh, kind of freely at the moment. Does right. the question answer his own question? Wait, for which question? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know. But, uh... And, and it's fun. The, the artwork is, is neat. It's a, it's a little more stylized than, um, than what you normally get in Justice League. The characters are 
it, it, I'll say this. The artist who's doing this book really should be doing a Plastic Man book. Uh, the art's really elongated in a lot of spaces and some crazy kind of you know, shots and stuff. Um, there's definitely a stylish look. There's definitely a style to this. It's not cookie cutter. Who's the artist? I'm scrolling now to find out. Um, uh, Jimenez. Jorge Jimenez. Oh, okay. Or George Jimenez, depending on pronunciation. Sure. Um, I was just going to mention there is a cliffhanger ending that did take me by surprise. Uh, but I haven't been keeping up with or well, maybe just my memory's a little shoddy of, of of what's happened in the last several issues of uh, Justice League to uh, to get that to compute. I, if you're talking about the character who seems to switch an allegiance there at the end, is that Correct. what you're talking about? Okay. Correct. I, yeah, I have, I have no clue. Um, I don't know if that's something going on in the Aquaman book, which I haven't been reading. So oh, I was a I was, we were trying to not spoil it. Oh, dang it. Yes, I just did, didn't I? <laughs> I said, <laughs> okay. Oh. I didn't even realize I did that, but yep, I totally did, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, if you missed it, you missed it. We won't repeat it, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, so yeah, so 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 the story ends on a cliffhanger, and there is. Um, uh, both uh, there's a cliffhanger for both the future team and the pa- and, and the past team, so we'll see where that goes in the next issue. So the cover ad, re- the cover copy that said the war begins here wasn't a complete uh, uh, undersell. Let's say um, it was here, and we'll see a lot more of this. I was very surprised that this. I felt like this just shipped last week. Did we didn't we just have Justice League 30 last week? No, it's been two weeks. Okay, has it? Okay. Yeah, yeah I was about to say it feels it like feels, it. Yeah, it feels like it. So um, uh, it's definitely sticking to its bi-weekly schedule, and that's a good thing for them. Not so good for everyone's wallets, though. So, uh, well. Yeah, there's been a lot of books the last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess speaking of what we're done with that one, um, wait, so what was that other book you, you had uh, alluded to? Did you want to go ahead and Legion Squares? Did you want to go ahead and get that one out of the way, or since it's kind of sort of not really tied? I mean, I can. Um, so, Legion of Superheroes Millennium is a series. I think it's two issues um, that's somehow going to bridge the gap between the past and the past, the present and the future, um, getting us from the current time to Legion of Superheroes time in the 24th century. Um, and so, to do that they've picked the most random character um, who I thought was going to be Saturn girl from doomsday clock, but Mm -hmm. not her. Uh, It's a, it's a totally different character who really has been a bit player in the DC universe. Uh, It's in the show notes, but I'm not going to say it here. Right. um, Just, just to not spoil it for everybody, but somehow this character achieves immortality. And so you get a book that is a bunch of almost like vignettes, I guess you could say of her. It, different time periods getting from the present time to the future. So every couple hundred years or whatever, she somehow reappears in, you know, whatever place in history. Uh, And they, they do go through places like Commandy and uh, Batman beyond and, you know, different stuff to, to kind of get you there, but it's framed in this storyline where she's in the future. Uh, There's another character 
from the past who's in the future, who's much older right now in, in the far flung future. Um, and she's, you know, telling her this story. So this is our, our framing device. And she's afraid that her powers are going to come back over her and, and bad things are going to happen. Um, and so she's just kind of describing how she, she got to there, but it's, it's a weird, like I said, it's a weird book because the way they answer things in justice league doesn't work with the way they're moving her through time and showing her going through these time periods because one way these time periods aren't connected and another way these time periods are connected. So I'm, I'm like, I got to chalk it up to doomsday clock. I'm just guessing something in doomsday clock, you know, is is whatever with the time stream, but uh, it's just kind of weird the way that justice league does it one way. And this book is doing it a completely different way. And they're hitting some of the same uh, points, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. It's weird that they're running concurrently. Um, I was just going to mention, I did not finish this. I'm, I appreciate that the PC and underscore dirt didn't spoil everything, but, um, <laughs> but I wanted to, to, to note that this is uh, an artist jam book. There are a number of different artists working on these little vignettes that, uh, that he was referring to just now. And, um, the, the jump in artists, I'm just flipping through our review copy. Now it's a little jarring. Um, you know, we start off with some classic Jim Lee stuff and, you know, we move on and the, the change in art is, a, is definitely, uh, it will take some getting used to when I finally sit down and finish reading this. But, um, as he said, uh, it's kind of weird that the, I guess, protagonist in this book, the central character in this issue, at least is just this, you know, like D or E or F list character. <laughs> So, you know, it, it took me a second to, to, to understand and I'm glad for, and I was happy for the, uh, the, the quick explanation up front saying that, Oh, this is such and such, you know, uh, you know, I used to be uh, such and such. And now I do this. I'm like, who are you? Am I going to need to find a DC who's who issue, you know, in, in, in the back issue a bin. But, uh, I was glad at least for the explanation. Yeah, it, it is a little weird. Um, that they chose this character of all people. Um, and, and especially because one thing about when they use, I, I guess the, the reason why they're, they're choosing this particular character is because she doesn't really matter because right. she is a D right. C, uh, Z list character, whatever. Right. Um, and so maybe that way they can just not use her anymore because she has to survive into the future. So they're just like, okay, well now she's off the table because uh, we can't mess with her anymore, so off she goes, and nobody ever talk of her again, and it's no right. great loss. Right. Um, but it is still kind of weird, especially because she has been popping up recently um, in, well, I, I won't say which book, but uh, considering the creators involved, mm. um, the, the one of the people uh, behind these books, I guess, likes the character. Sure. Uh, and so reintroduce the character, and now we'll be using the character again. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, I guess uh, to to round this triple thread out, then you know where we got to go now. House of X. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Doomsday Clock number eleven. Okay. All right. Now, well, if you have a hard time remembering what's been going on for the last year and a half, <laughs> this book has been coming out. This is the issue for you. I <laughs> uh, mean, the penultimate one. This is really. Uh, 
okay, now let's go back. Let's explain everything that's been going on. Right. Put it in simpler terms so everybody can be reminded and hopefully understand. Uh, so now we can get ready to move forward. Yes. Um, that, that's my note exactly. There's so much exposition here to explain everything that happened in the first eight or nine issues. Like PCN underscore Dirt several months back said when, when – I forget what issue you said. You could just trash everything else and start here and you'll get everything. I feel like you could start at like issue 10 or 9 of this and be like, all right, I'm, I'm good for the next couple of issues because you don't necessarily have to have read the first eight books in this series to understand what's going on. Well, and part of it was we had some other characters that were brought in as red herrings as the story went along right. um, for you to think, Oh, I need to pay attention and figure out what's with these characters because they're going to be a big part, obviously, because they've been brought in. And then it turns out they were just pawns. They didn't really matter. And we get some of that explanation here. So it, it does kind of answer some of those questions. If you've been reading it for a while that, you right. know, like, now like oh okay well this now is- that's that's why those characters have kind of dropped off and disappeared um and then we also get explanation behind questions that we had um you know the story starts in the original watchman universe but going forward a few years right um and so this kind of fills in some of that space that we never really heard about that maybe you could have picked up some of it from reading stuff that was written in Rorschach's journal or some of the news clippings, whatever. Um, But now we've gotten to the point where they're just kind of like, okay, this is what happened. Here's where I was. This is how this led into this. And this is how this led into that. And as it does it though, it gets to the end and there's this whole new kind of warped history, messed up, timeline stuff that just gets dropped out of nowhere um where suddenly you're like what like wait a minute where did this come from why are we now looking at this we only have one more issue to go and now now you've kind of wrapped up all this other stuff from the past and you're introducing something new uh out of nowhere um and and also another thing was um saturn girl who's been in the story so far it looked like something was going to happen with her to explain the Legion of superheroes and how we reconnect and because she's still here, but we're getting the new Legion series and she appears in the, you know, the Legion has made two appearances now in Supergirl and Superman. You'd expect that somehow she connects back because there she is appearing in those books as a younger version of herself from an alternate future. Like how does this work? And basically, no, she's just, it's like, Oh, you're still here. You don't exist anymore. And she just does Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. Right. disappears and she's gone from history so right uh, like we're not sure she's a complete red herring we're also not sure this is why because of the delays that they had to redo that section right right like yeah has she been a red herring or is she a retcon now because it's taken so long and so many other things have happened in the dc universe oh, retcon in, her, in its own book yeah right a retcon in the retcon series yeah the, well it's a retcon series that's retconning right the retcon that happened in 2011 so it's a retcon in the retcon of the retcon. Of course, that retcon was from Infinite Crisis, which was a retcon from Zero Hour, which was a retcon from Crisis. God, which was a retcon from the Silver Age. Oh my God! So it's all a red retcon. A red Listen, retcon. The, the, the fact that I actually understood that is just <laughs> killing me right now. Oh my God! I stopped listening halfway through that. So I don't... <laughs> You know, even a even like a like a, a a very casual reader of the DC universe, such as myself, 
understood that because of the the, the, the various crises and reboots. I'm like, oh my god, how many well, times are we changing this? And, and even that with with the the, the Supergirl Superman reprint thing that's been happening the last couple of weeks. If if you've seen the stories about the reprints mm-hmm. and the the change that's been made inside, there's even kind of a retcon during the retcon. Really? Of the retcon. Uh, wow. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a minor thing that, that happens. I don't know if you've, if you've looked into that story at all no, uh, with the changes, but we yeah. Kinda, yeah uh, we kind of, we, well, we alluded to it, just not the, um, what caused it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, on the one hand, they said, Hey, the covers no longer match the story that's on the inside, which is true. They, they, they don't, the story is taking a turn, so they don't fit. So, you know, that works, but then there's something, once you go in and start flipping through the pages and you get towards the end, there is another change that happens in these books that is kind of retconning something that was brand new as part of this retcon that's already being retconned. So it's just kind of interesting the way that that's happening. And again, not, not judging, just saying little, little kind of weird change that's going on in the middle of all that. I think also, I don't, I don't know if that's, and and part of that um, could be DC comics is kind of in a weird spot right now. Um, where they are on the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the totem pole in the Warner Media Group at the moment. Like, I, I, I don't know if, if maybe AT&T now streaming TV service may be below DC Comics, and that may be the only thing below DC Comics in their hierarchy at the moment. Everything else uh, uh, seems to be in a much bigger spot. So I don't know if this is them, like, struggling, new management, uh new corporate policies or just trying to get attention and trying to get some momentum right. uh, and get someone to pay attention to him. Cause DC entertainment, which has split from DC publishing DC comics uh, with the movies, at least, you know, people are kind of excited for the new Harley Quinn movie and they're kind of excited for an Aquaman too. And they're kind of excited for a new flash and a new Batman, uh, you know, some of that stuff coming out. Uh, but the, the, the printing side, the publishing side uh, is, is not doing very good at all. Gotcha. Yay! Wow, I, I, was was add, before we, I was about to say before we move on. Do you think it's because they're not necessarily coordinating, or is it because Doomsday Clock falling behind so much really screwed everything up? Like screwed up a master plan. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't think there's any one thing. I think there's about twelve different things happening at the same time. From, from, you know, recently they they just decided to get rid of uh, Vertigo and to get rid of. Right. Uh, um, what was the other one? I forget what the other one was. Burger books. No, no, Burger's. Um, well, she she moved from Vertigo to Dark Horse to start Burger. Books. Oh, right, that's right, right, right. There was right. something else in the DC. I think it was like everything except for for Young Animal. Right. Um, so they folded basically folded everything uh, together to get rid of these other. So now Black Label is like the right. only other um, thing there, uh, and, and that kind of changed a lot of things and and that was more of a like corporate um you know we, we don't want to run all the separate stuff anymore so you know stream stream it down and dc's not publishing as many books per month as they used to um so there's that going on so there's a lot of uh, uh like uncertainty there and you've got people people leaving the company uh who've been there for a long time and you've got uh, management shifting around because AT&T and Time Warner and, and everything all 
merging and shifting and, and changing shape and everything and trying to figure out how all this stuff is going to land and people losing jobs as different things mesh together and all this kind of stuff. And they just made the move out to, to Burbank mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. And now they're back in, uh, you know, AT&T, which is more East coast and everything. So, um, you know, there's this disconnect that seems to be kind of coming up again. And so it's kind of just a, a lot of different, moving pieces i think a lot of people are just kind of unsure where everything's going to settle so now is the time it's like throw it against the wall and see if it sticks and moving forward uh you know let's just try some crazy stuff for a year or two until um you know someone tells us to stop really so you've got corporate mandates coming in and you've got new people coming in and you've got old people coming back and you've got certain things that have always been there mad magazine going away they're going into reprints and you know all that kind of stuff so there's just a lot of weird uncertainty that's probably playing with a lot of them right now gotcha gotcha no it's just that it it feels weird that uh i only read batman and justice league on a regular basis from dc and obviously i've been trying to keep up with doomsday clock partially through your reviews and partially through my own attempts at reading it so it's it's kind of weird to and obviously through the show you know like kind of seeing and hearing about what these stories are what what different stories are going on at dc it's weird that there's kind of like not conflicting stories, but like you said, like these stories that are dealing with time travel in different ways, but in some very similar ways. And well, and, and part of it currently, yeah, yeah, because part of it is no, no one steering the ship. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we just found out. I don't remember if it was today or yesterday, but some of the DC Universe exclusive shows are now going to be part of HBO Max. Right, um, they've announced, um, which is those were supposed to be DC universe app exclusives to get people to sign up for that subscription well now it's going to be part of hbo to get people to sign up for that subscription right so does that mean that the dc universe app is going away you know uh is that whole subscription going to be disappearing and and becoming part of hbo max you know so it's like this thing that they just started two years ago now maybe going away and merging with this other thing now that they're doing another big corporate merger you know so again it it screws up a, a lot of stuff but on the movie side, the entertainment side, the movies always had the sense of they were always disconnected and the, the movies always got to be their own thing. Sure. So you had the Christopher Reeves Superman movies, but they had nothing to do with the Wonder Woman TV show. They had nothing to do with the Batman movies. You had the Batman uh, Nolan trilogy. They had nothing to do with the other Batman movies. Um, you know, you had all the stuff going on. And so when Snyder came in, he was just going to do five Superman movies and tell his Superman story. And he got about 75% of Man of Steel, and then everything was just kind of taken away from it as they decided to build this. Right. You know, Marvel, yeah, mask, exactly. When they, they, they tried to mimic uh, the MCU stuff. So Right. So the movies have become more trying to mash everything together and give them a shared continuity, and it feels more like the comics lately in the last two years or so have been more of a you do your own thing in your own book. Mm. And then as it bumps into something else and causes a problem, then we'll figure it out when we get there. But otherwise, you know, Christopher Priest can do whatever he wants with Deathstroke in his book. And you want to have Batman appear? That's great. Batman can appear and he fights him and Batman disappears. Just don't kill Batman. You can do whatever you want in the book. You know, it doesn't matter. So he has his own little universe with Deathstroke and all those characters that really doesn't affect anything else. And you've got a lot of stuff that happens in the Justice League book that doesn't affect everything else. Jaro is not appearing in Batman or Detective. You know, the stuff that's happening in Batman with City of Bane isn't affecting anything that's happening in Detective. 
You know what I mean? So it's like all these different books are now their own little pockets of the universe. There's no real thread pulling them all together. So they're being allowed to kind of go off. They are what the movies were a generation ago. And the movies they're trying to make what the comics were a generation ago. Right. I understand. And just before we move on, I just wanted to to mention, though, I always thought that the thread connecting all of them was Justice League. And that's that's what I'm getting at is I always thought that this book, because it teams everyone up together and because that's sort of what I I could be mistaken. um, But I thought that that's what they were hyping this book up to be like. This is the book that is going to direct, you know, kind of uh forge ahead with the direction that the that the dc universe is going in and it's going to set the you know it's going to to uh, uh whatchamacallit to um to set the stage for everybody else right and and it very well might um but i mean if you look at what's happening in this justice league none of this is reflected in wonder woman or green lantern or batman or aquaman or detective or flash or you know each of those are doing their own things that have nothing to do with the justice league so maybe they all will eventually catch up at some point but that's what i anticipate but yeah yeah, right now they're just you know ships passing in the night they're not really yeah i I was really just just kind of getting at the whole uh the whole time travel thing you know and 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 kind of like uh uh like kind of back-to-back um big events and and you know like dark knight's metal and all that and how all that is affected this just right. even then we've got the new batman superman or is it superman batman no it's batman superman this time right 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 uh, that that new series which comes off of the batman who laughs really has nothing to do with anything happening in the superman books and none of that stuff that seems to be big world changing massive uh you know all these uh, heroes are becoming infected and corrupted and whatever. None of that has anything to do with Justice League or Doomsday Clock or any of the individual books. Right. So, yeah, it's just who knows. All right, but but it, at least it puts most people in a position where if you if you like one character and you want to follow that character, you only have to buy that book because they're not doing a whole lot of crossovers and they're not doing. You get the Flash Batman that happens you know once every two or three years. Uh, but otherwise, you know, sometimes the Superman books will kind of cross over a little bit. But for the most part, if you just want to read Detective, you can just read Detective. If you just want to read Flash, you can just read Flash. You know, it really doesn't have anything to do with a lot of the other books, which is nice for a change because you don't feel like you have to buy everything from every character to get the whole story of what's going on. Right. Okay. Alrighty. Well, since that conversation took about as long as Doomsday Clock is taken to come out, let's move on to something a little lighter. Um, House of X, number four. Yeah, it'll take you that long to decode all the House of X and Powers of Ten stuff that's going on. I would think. Well, I was going to say we were on top of it, but at this point, it's anybody's game. But yeah, House of X number number four is what we're going to. And um, you know what? You can safely say you can definitely safely say that. Um, Something's happening in this book, <laughs> right? Uh, we're in the we're in the second half. You know, we we joked about how this is basically a twelve issue series, and now we are past the midway point, and things are happening at a little bit more of a rapid pace than they have been, especially in the pages of Powers of Ten. House of X is definitely where it seems the story has been um, uh, moving along in present day, and we've got. Uh, we follow up on the, the, the events of the last issue of uh, 
House of X, where the X Men have an away team in a in a in a mission in a mission at the Sun to take out the Mother Mold, and you know the X Men don't do that great in these near space. We we joked about this last week in these near space. Uh, uh, missions they don't fare as well as they do in some of the deeper space missions where they have like Shi'ar support. Yeah, so, and it's definitely if you're looking for a more animated, um, well, an animated and or classic um, <laughs> ending to this mission, it does not happen. It does not happen in this. Although we don't know what happened to one character. Actually, honestly, we don't know what happened to two characters because I'm sitting here like, well, one. So there were some deaths in this book, and I'm sitting here like, are one, are these deaths kind of as the first deaths of this series? Because, uh, you know, not counting Myra's, because that's a whole other sad thing. And two, which is probably more of the question, is this... Well, I, I think we can almost establish that this is probably plays nothing into the rest of the 616. I think we can pretty much establish that at this point. Doesn't play, I'm sorry? It, yeah, it doesn't play with anything going on with the rest of the universe. I gotcha. Because I feel like we would, well, maybe not now, but at some point, like some of this would wash over into the rest of it. Um, but it, but in any case, yeah, that the mission, which you would think, given the last page of the last issue, almost seemed to be a total wipe because that last page was seemed like well, either one or two things that happened, they all got got messed up or they got out of there in time and right. in this case neither was the case because right it wasn't what i was going to say it wasn't a mirage right that way that we did not imagine that happening they actually do follow up on the uh, immediate aftermath right but like the, from that though it just seemed like well wait a minute the, the way they took the thing out it seemed like it was like total a total loss but at the same time you know it's comic so things don't always you know, looked like what well, it's almost like cartoons where it's like you go to before you go to commercial, this one catastrophic thing happens and then the same thing happens, but just kind of slightly when they come back from break. Right. So it's kind of what it seemed like. That being the case, we see the, the, the mission go off with hitches. Um, and the other question I have is there is an X-Man that shows up in the future in Powers of X that seemingly mm-hmm. meets a fate in this one. Mm-hmm. Another one who, as I alluded to earlier, we don't see what happens to that character, although I, I halfway suspect they would not go the classic route to, to what they do with this character. Maybe they will. We don't We don't know. Um, but everybody else, yeah, things happen. And um, I don't know. So what else I have in my notes? What's that? Because I think there was something else I was going to bring up. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that was nothing. Yeah. I was just going to add that um, there oh, is yeah. a reaction. Yeah, hold on, hold on to the thought. There's a reaction at the end of the book by a certain character uh, to the. You know, there's there's a reaction to the events of this book and all of the deaths, and we end with a version of something Wanda Maximoff said. Yes, they allude well they've been they were alluding to that the whole thing because you could see it in the in the outside of the in out of the panel. Right. Even on the first page. Yeah. Right. And and this is something that, you know, fans of uh fans of the X Men books will understand the his the, the history that's being explored when uh Hickman talks about all of the tragedies that have befallen the mutants uh, of the Marvel universe and how they just keep coming and coming. 
and you know the the the, the various um, strikes at the mutant population from you know from from Genosha to um, to M Day to 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 all the other uh, events um, that are recounted in that in what is it like a four or five page section that recounts like a the history of um, you know these types of events and in, in, uh, for uh, mutants in the in uh, the Marvel Universe, right. And one other thing, especially with like that last page, because there's a basically a count on right. how many mutants uh, or, or of how many victims. Yeah, how many yeah. victims, uh, mutant victims specifically that happened, and who they happened from. Uh, and one thing to note is that the Avengers is in, on that list, and they killed a lot of mutants somehow. Well, no, because they have they have her associated with. They they have the the what you call the Scarlet Witch associated with with, with her. That's how that mm, no because I'm not mistaken. That's how it's listed. I don't think so because they okay. they basically go through like the the right and oh, basically other people that um I think the Marauders is in that list and other um uh, other body counts because they got like the ninety eight the one ninety eight and I in M Day and you know a, a couple other things and they just space you know I don't think that has I don't believe that is associated with that. Oh, no, no, it's the same. The reason why I read it that way is because it's the same number that's associated with the Scarlet Witch. Right. So I, I must have been reading into it uh, just because well, I seen that number. Right. But, you know, like, uh, we'll find out more in the next issue. That's There's what I'm saying. Yeah, we don't, we don't know what else is. Like, we don't even know. Because it, cause it kind of read to me like, okay, well, all of this was in the aftermath of this mission going bad. That may not be the case. It could be like Agent 70 said, and this is like... You know, hey, this is the other thing that, but I kind of doubt those that would. I don't feel like it, it, that is the case, but at the same time, it, it doesn't support my theory either because you would still have to know what the timeline of this mission was. And I feel like there are some people involved with this mission who weren't even around during that some of the, some of that stuff. I could be wrong. I don't know, but regardless, like I said, it's still up in the air, and we'll we you know, we, I, I assume we will possibly find out well into whatever the new Xbox is because they probably won't do it at the end of uh, Powers of X, uh, Powers of 10, House of X. If Hickman's playing true to form. Right. We will, we'll definitely going to see a lot more stuff happening uh, now that we're in the backstretch of the book, of the, of the story. You right. know, when I say book. Oh, this part of the story, yeah. yeah. The, 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 some would call this the prologue, I would imagine. Because, like I said... If the long game is being played here, played here then yeah, we're just, this is just only the, the start of whatever the heck's going to happen in the future. Um, oh man, that hey, have, they, have they done anything yet to kind of explain how we went from Rosenberg's world of the X Men to the Hicksmen nope, group does, here? It has no bearing on anything. They, okay. they basically just cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. Where- yeah. Yeah, Rosenberg just kind of cleaned up his thing, and then it just went straight into this, and no, like just nothing. Right at the end of at the end of uh, Rosenberg's book, it was just like, "Oh, we're back together again, yay!" And we jump right into this whole stuff. So, yeah, you know, like even much- like even with um, like the other X books that ended around that time, like X Force, like we got a wink and a nod to say, "Hey, we don't know what the future holds," but still had nothing tying anything to this. Mm. So. And I couldn't see how it would have tied into this with what's been going on. So, you know, we'll, you know. Right. This is uh, more along, yeah, this is more along the lines of what uh, you were referring to earlier, Dirk, which is, all right, uh, you have 24 issues of X-Men to, to tell your story before Hickman takes over. So have fun. 
you know right. he, he went and killed a whole bunch of people so we all have to deal with that you know yeah, and also like this is basically seemingly like this is in his own universe all you know the way it's being played out yeah i mean we, we don't have a lot of crossover with any of the rest of the marvel universe so right seemingly i'm so. telling you it's alternate alternate universe because you can tell by they're using the ultimate universe lettering in i mean it's book. quite possible quite quite possible yeah because like i said there's definitely nothing tied into the to, to prime universe so that's you know that's just as logical as anything at this point so could be um but yeah from that it was definitely an action packed um issue the click of the week for well excuse me basic uh potential click of the week i'm not gonna say it actually was for me but yeah it's it was kind of up there for the me uh and with that i was going to say speaking of the future we had a nice little segue which uh doesn't really justify itself in this one you got a book you want to put out um agent 70 anybody read immortal hulk yes actually dirt are you still behind on this i'm still behind well just just wave your hands like this when you're done i'm gonna take off my headphones okay (laughs) poor dirt (laughs) so so, so Roddy, this was a lot of fun because this yes. is the, the the slobber knocker. That's another wrestling term, right? But sure. um, this was a great battle with the with with the uh, a framing sequence from um, Jackie McGee. Mm-hmm. That, that that was like this cool setup, and that may come back uh, into play uh, later on in the series. Probably at times they seem to be going back and forth with that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this issue was of you know back and forth between the hulk and his friends versus um general 14 slash abomination and uh the shadow base crew yeah yeah i mean there's like i said it was there was no real information given it was just like hey this is the this is the fight scene folks and uh buckle up for the ride you know you see two you see basically two teams uh, going at it from two different ends, you know the Hulk is out front fighting the big battle, and then you got McGee and and Betty and and a floating Rick Jones, <laughs> who uh, apparently manifested manifested some new powers, uh, well some more gamma, you know, and inspired powers outside of the ones he just got got free of. So um, yeah, doing whatever that part of that mission is going to be, but it right. was a it was a great issue that being told. Right. We also get a little bit of a tie-in with the very beginning of the series mm-hmm. with one of the characters that the Immortal Hulk runs into. Um, uh, right, that dude, yeah, yeah. Out by Shadow Base. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what that character may, uh, may, mean, in ter- uh, may mean to um, 14's um, plan. So you know, we're, we're going to find, more, find out more about that in the next issue. Probably more. Yeah, that's the, usually the way these have been set up is like, hey, we bring up something one issue, and then the next one will be the one that'll have a little bit more about it. So I don't see this one being uh, any different. Right. Also, another potential click of the week. It was yeah, it was just that good. And Bennett's listen. Bennett's art, like I'm so impressed by how consistent he's been. You know, like it's just so freaky looking. It's mm. what is it? What do they call it? Body horror? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Some of and it. Yeah. So you know it's. <laughs> really well done really well done yeah so it's this has been a book like uh, i know the facsimile of uh, the director's cut of the first very first issue came out a couple of weeks ago if you right, haven't had a chance to check that out, out you should check it out because yeah the second one's out too so you can okay. 
uh, uh, jump on that, folks, and uh, and, and catch up on this. Right. If, 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 back, yeah. yeah, if any of that is any any interest to you, definitely check that out because it's not the same Hulk book as you would think it would be. No, not in the least. All right, I'm going to wave in PCN underscore dirt now. <laughs> Those watching the video have have a nice little treat there. Like, exactly, like, like air traffic controllers waving a mech yes, or something. Yes, yes. Not, well, not, you know what I'm saying? So it's the oh, yeah, aircraft carriers. Exactly, exactly. We are the flight crew waving PCN underscore <laughs> Exactly. That was your mistake. <laughs> so, so all right. So, um, yeah, maybe what one or one or two more books before we go rapid. Yeah, do you have a recommendation before we go rapid fire. Uh, but yeah, but the Fantastic Four number fourteen. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, such a great book this indeed week. Indeed, it is. Uh, Dirt, are you reading this or no? No, huh? I haven't been reading it since I relaunched it. Okay, gotcha. Well, this one is a new arc. Um, so and it's a great place to jump on and goes back to the very beginning of the Fantastic Four's existence. Um, which. Kind of brings up brings up a question for me. So, the, so the special side of this out is like um, there's a new museum exhibit that's been uh, been brought out, and it is the Fantastic Four's first uh, rocket ship that has been put on display, which brings up a whole bunch of memories for the crew, including a little bit of retconning for Johnny, right. seemingly, and um, some little bit of trauma for Ben. And a lot of longing looks for Reed, which is slightly unnerving because he was because <laughs> he was looking at that ship like, oh yeah. But you knew where it was going to go after that because the rest of the book is kind of like, well, okay, <laughs> right. Well, this is a big retcon in that there is you know it's a minor retcon in the biggest sense you know in, 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 in a real way because it only changes what the the point of their stealing a rocket was and what kind of rocket it was and what they were looking to achieve. And I thought that was a great minor tweak to update the FF origin story. Uh, Q Marvel Studios having the Fantastic Four back. Mm. But it also retcons a, a, well, a little bit of Johnny's history also because from yeah. what we knew of him originally, the things he goes through that had, that he supposedly had gone through in the past in this issue that we see did not ever happen. That right. oh, we also didn't know that, the, and, and also that rock ship did not have that name or a name correct before this issue. So that's a whole other thing. But right. yeah, we right. definitely get a lot more on Johnny's. Um, a, 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 I guess a, at this point, a lesser known instance of Johnny's history. Right. What, what? What? If I'm, if I recall correctly, and 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 I, I curse myself for not having gone back to check this, but um, if I'm not mistaken, Johnny was basically a tag along. Yes, Johnny and Sue, for, for that matter. But they changed so, that in this issue. Right, and like I said, you know, Q again, Marvel Studios having the FF back. Yeah. You know, talk about a way to really, um, to to modernize. Um, the, uh, the the FF origin and, and make it film ready. So I thought that was a, a really interesting thing for them to do. Yeah, I, I, I do like how. Um, so basically, everybody. So something happens in, in you know because of this trip to the museum. You you know and the kids being kids and not having any history um, historic um, um, affinity. Let's say right. You know. Reed hatches a plan to do something that, again, like I said, given what I said earlier about him lo- looking longingly at this rocket and knowing Reed, you know what's going to happen during the rest of this. And you could almost 
go training montage with him and then him and Johnny with what happens to, you know, on the next third of the book to where at the end they announced that, hey, guess what? We got this, um, here's this project we got and we're going to, we're going to go back to the beginning. We're going to finish what we didn't finish before. And to which the surprise here was Ben's reaction to it. Well, it wasn't a surprise, but it was also a surprise because he kind of spent part of the book was like, yeah, you know, we're this this uh this exhibit is about all these you know is a, is a part of all these great other missions that people do with, you know land on the moon and all the other stuff and I'm the one that has gets to go down in history as crashing, you know the first crash faster than like rocket ship or something. So you would think he would be thrilled to go back on this mission again, but <laughs> he's but that's like, the beauty of the character. Yeah, right. that's the beauty of the character. He's got that pathos based on everything that happened up to this point. You know. Right. Uh, everything up to him getting his powers and even after so it's a great you know it that it, it's it's a pretty great way to explore it from another point of view yeah but spoiler uh, he's in the he's ends up on board with it anyway <laughs> right, right 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 so this is a potential click of the week for me because Same. i definitely enjoy the energy that was in this it was it felt like a number one issue mm. it definitely is a great way for um people who are curious about the ff even fans to kind of get reinvigorated and just jump in and see the ff you know sans fan you know i hate to say the sans family because that's really what um has been the focus for the the, the last several issues with uh mm-hmm. ben and alicia getting married well stin uh, sans the rest of the family because i mean the core four is there but yeah I get what right, you're exactly saying. Yeah. I say the extended family let's yeah. put it that way like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. sans the extended family so yeah the, the 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 future foundation is off in one corner of the universe. Uh, Val and 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 Franklin are are, are not off. having any of that. Yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of it's kind of cool that it's the core F, uh, FF. Mm-hmm. So since they went back to the origin uh, of the Fantastic Four, and, and Marvel has that rubber band timeline where they snap the past up in order to make things more current, do they give any sort of hint like what? time period now that that this originally happened well uh no they don't they do not they because you can see you can see like them they have like little flashback panels of you know a certain key certain events that happened back then but they don't really give it a time frame no no they actually adapt the uh the kirby art to uh you know to, to but 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 they obviously leave out some of the more um uh dated references yeah although well, like, they, I, although they they throw in like oh. somebody in a Knight Rider T-shirt to say it was the eighties. No, no, no. They do mention Fred. No, so no, so the, none of that. The only thing that would even come close is basically Reed saying, "Yeah, hey, this was a time where, um, you know, I can't remember what his exact, exact wording was, but basically, this was a time where such things didn't happen, you know, or right. the the um, you know." Certain things were less possible than they are now. Right. I think the only the only cue is probably something that that PC and underscore Dirt was just referencing. There is in the art um, and the clothing style for the FF and their and their initial crew for the launch. Sure, uh, that's the only thing that seems a little dated, but you can't put a date on it. Right. So that's yeah. really the only. That's really the only the only thing that would place this in some point in history but not not an exact point exactly so that being said though like yeah so they are pushing off on this new mission uh to finish the, the original mission and uh yeah we'll see where that goes from there including a nice little throwback to a, a um a less well 
I wouldn't say a lesser known, a dear to my heart, but lesser, um, lesser cared about character of the FS history kind of, kind of gets referenced, uh, in here, which in a nice little point, And I thought that was kind of nice. Where's that? Uh, Herbie. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, when I saw that. I was like, no, not Herbie. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, know that they, I know that they have incorporated Herbie into the regular. Uh, yeah. Um, like Herbie has shown up in the last probably good five or 10 years, uh, you know, as he's, he's all over the Franklin Richards books. Right. Yeah. There's that. And he was in, also in uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur uh, when, when the FS was uh, guest starring there. So, yeah. It's been around, but but always like a any good Herbie reference is, is all right with in my book. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, let's see, maybe one more or. or um, if you want to throw one more, that's fine. We can also go rapid fire. Uh, rapid fire. Let's, let's go ahead and hit it. Hit it up. <laughs> Uh, we will start off, and I'll go ahead and go ahead and clean mine up. And since we go from one part of the FF to the other, Future Foundation number two. Um, did you read this, uh, Agent Seventy, or no? Not. Okay. Well, so they're still on the the Future Foundation, still on their mission, mission to find. They're basically trying to find all of the pieces of the molecule man that got spread when um, when Franklin was making all of the universes. But we found out there's a new wrinkle to this that stems from uh, Secret Wars, the Hickman Secret Wars at that. Uh, and you get a little, uh, get that little bit of backstory in the beginning of this to where we get to the current mission where the Future Foundations have basically found the Maker on the prison planet. And the, 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 the Maker thinking himself smart and has his own crew uh, has his own little ruse that gets found out fairly near the end of the book. And um, we also see them trying to make the power pack, or at least the part of the power pack that is in this book, cool again. Which I would say that may have never been cool, but you know, hey, they're grown now. Um, but it was nice; it, it was cool. And then, but we also find out that um, they found this other person who is a deep cut to Heroes Reborn. Yes, and uh, well, who may also have some sort of tie into this mission more than. Um, initially stated. So I will leave you to find out about that. Okay. <laughs> Whenever. Champions oh, number nine. Through that. All right. Yeah. Champions number nine. Well, I know you read this one. Yeah, I did. So we got some um, mental manipulation going on, um, Mephisto adjacent, because we know he's popped up in this book as well as, you know, many others, which I'm, they haven't really been saying anything about a, a big wide event with uh, Mephisto, but if, it sure seemed like it with the number of times he's popped up in the last couple of years. But in this case, we got his son Blackheart, who's apparently doing some manipulating of the uh, of the champions crew, and it looks like the gang's fairly much back together again uh, because of this, within reason. So we got Miles and uh, Miss Marvel's back. Apparently, there's a Four Bush Man movie, ha! <laughs> which hey, I I, I want to see. So I would watch that. I know, right? So, because yeah, that was a reference uh, to a Four Bush Man movie that that uh, that uh, Kamala and, and Bruno kind of talk about. But outside of that, the rest of the issues are pretty much like, hey, Blackheart's doing some manipulating of the team, and some part of the team is fighting is going to end up fighting the other part of the team who is not possessed. 
is what it's looking like so far. Mm-hmm. And they all do this in front of uh, Vision's house, which begs me to question, where the hell is he? Which I know, he, you know, whatever, doesn't mean nothing. So, that is that. Um, Agents of Atlas number two is the next book. And I know you read that. Yes. Um, apparently, Giant Man's on the team now. And they're still dealing with this. I'm not sure what to make of this dude. Like, he's not really um, Zuckerberg-esque. He's kind of more... He's basically one of those um, startup-type CEOs. It's... Yeah, it, it's definitely... Uh, Greg Pak is definitely drawn from several different mm-hmm. uh, uh, references for for uh, this, this this new in character who is uh, looking to link up the various um, centers of commerce of Asian countries and Asian um, communities to uh you know and, and to try to profit off of it yeah yeah and with that you know there's a whole other wrinkle going on with that has some real life implications attached to it also uh with 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 this uh thing he's doing but also there are wyverns because i'm not gonna say dragons some before somebody makes that correction like what's happening in the book but the only other thing, thing that happens in this book is that you know amadeus is very skeptical of this thing but he's also kind of blinded by the fact that he's got this thing for one of the other characters who he ends up having a connection with at the end of this issue apparently. right and, and this and this character that that roddy cat is referencing made me think of this and you Shut know what? Up, I, I saw it in your notes, and damn if you weren't going to pull that up. And <laughs> I was like, no. he's going to do it, isn't he? Yep, he sure is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, of if you're not of a certain vengeance, that was Falco's Rock Amadeus. Look right, it it's American a, version. Yes, so. look up the video. It's a weirdness. Um. That being said, uh, I think that was pretty much it for that one. Web of Black Widow number one. Um, I made a joke in my notes about them. They're they're taking this whole scar joke and be anything joke a little too far because we first we thought we saw somebody. Well, Natasha on the mission. Apparently, she's using some other trickery, and I'm like, it's kind of weird because, like, okay, she's it seems like she's in two places at once, and we find out how that is the case. But at the same time, we also get a little brush of her history with uh, Tony Stark, in a way, um, on this said mission. And, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. We don't know her whole game going forward with this with this book, but um, she's pretty much starting on another mission like she has been in the last couple of, couple of volumes, I guess. Right. I mean, I kind of like the reference to... Uh, the widow's like you know old school Marvel origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really nice. It was just a panel, but it yeah. was it was great to see. But it was enough, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, I, you know, like uh, just to echo your your sentiment sentiments. Uh, this is basically uh, the, the Black Widow dealing with uh, red in her ledger. So you know, this is a this is definitely a trip down memory lane for her, and dealing with you know another mission that she's maybe able to um to 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 deal with the fallout that came with her doing some red room stuff you know way back when and now she's like i can actually fix this so well, not only that and there's also the fact that she's died and been resurrection and she even brings up to tony that uh the same thing that he's been wrestling with in, in his current books about well if the original 
has, if you basically fix a car, keep fixing the car, is it the same car situation because both her and Tony Starks are kind of grappling with, are they actually the real them or clones of themselves? Because right. I think she actually was a clone. Um, she has, what actually her resurrection actually was surrounded about her being a clone. And Tony's doing, you know, having a situation with what his thing is going on. So that'll be the thing going far as and this looks like I think they did set this book up to be kind of a history of uh, kind of a walk down memory lane anyway from what I remember from article uh, a way back which they're still doing that Black Widow movie so that's probably kind of timely I guess sure maybe a little early but timely enough uh, Transformers Ghostbusters number four this was fun so hey Dirt you know that uh, that prime Ghostbusters figure that we were kind of liking that's the, like the super figure. expensive one yeah well guess what that that figure shows up in this book in this issue so and with and with uh well an inverse reason as to how and why that is happening basically so yeah and i still want that figure and the echotron figure ectotron figure excuse me whatever but what what about the 600 dollars unicron that is oh we got news on that too because that's still ongoing um apparently so yeah they extended the deadline mm -hmm. yeah so, but yeah, we'll talk. We I'm to, they didn't get enough. Holy cow! Well, I'm not sure if they didn't, but well, they probably didn't. That's why they're extended. But yeah, oh. but also New York's coming up, by the way. So you know, mm. even regardless of whether they're making it or do something doing something else, I'm pretty sure that's probably a reasoning. Gotcha. So, but anyway, um, so yeah, basically they take care of Stark Scream, and then if you know Transformers lore, especially more importantly the um, animated version, season three had. Um, well, that wasn't season three. Well, yes, it was season three. Uh, Starscream's Ghost, you know, that was still a factor in this book. Crimson, if you know that poll, good lord, uh, is a factor of this book, but that gets taken care of in this. And then, of course, at the end of this, there's a fight, a long-running fight that get, pretty much gets um, continued in this one. And Prime says the Ghostbusters thing, if you uh, know a key line of Ray Parker Jr.'s song. So that is that. And my last book he, he is... Said, he said, Buster makes me feel good? He ah! he stopped short but for saying that, but no, oh, it's the geez. other line. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they if that hadn't happened before now, but suddenly they, they showed restraint in the series so far with saying that. Although they did... No, I think issue two, they almost alluded to it. Uh, anyway, uh, DC... Uh, deceased... A Good Day to Die, number one. So this is, um, speaking of side stories, I guess, uh, this is a side story to what's going on, the, the deceased uh, little, else. I guess we call it, we're calling it an Elseworlds thing because it's not really in universe anyway, where not zombies are taking over the Earth thanks to the Analyte equation in, in Cyborg, but this is like a side thing to where, hey, there's some more uh, villains, I think I know uh, PC Nunscore Dirt read this, so you might have something else more to say about this. The only thing, the other thing I can say about this is this other team's trying to figure out what's going on and try to do something about it, and that goes uh, specific, specifically, particularly a kind of a way uh, where I dare say, mirroring the main book, the smartest person and the smartest person on the on the the purse on the side kind of gets taken out at some point, but not early as it did in that book. Um, and my yeah, only so, other what's that? Well, no, go ahead. I was about to say, and the only other thing I got to say is like, there's no way in hell Bartle would have been taken out that like that. It's no way in hell. Um, but 
Yeah, I think this is like you said. You said earlier, uh, Dirt. This is like a two shot or something. Or it's like yeah. I know it's like well, more I, than one book. I, I know. I know. At the end, it says to be continued with right. the question mark. So I assume, but it very well could be that in the next issue of Deceased, we'll see a character or characters from this appear. Like maybe they'll come back, come come but, back around to it. I don't know because I know yeah, Taylor so, said there, there's a couple of like there's also another book, another one shot that's coming out at some point. Right. Um, but. Well, so, so basically what it seems like is happening is in the main deceased, you have the characters who realize the anti-life equation has been uh, unleashed on the world. Right. I just found that so, out. So they're trying to be superheroes, figure this out, um, deduce what happened. How do you reverse it or escape it or whatever? Right. This book seems to go, hey, you know what? There's also a ton of magic people in the DC universe. How do right. they deal with it? And not only so that, time travel. Yeah, so so we do have a character who uh, is a big part of the magic end of the DC universe, uh, and so they they try to track this person down, get them involved, try to figure out if if they can reverse it. So we have another group of heroes trying a different path uh, to to you know get rid of these non zombies. Right. Um, and it ends with a couple other characters who are magical in the DC universe coming and grabbing this guy and saying, okay, look, let's figure this out. Let's go take care of this. And so on the one hand, it was nice to see some other pockets of the DC universe besides the big characters who normally appear in all these big events and crossovers and everything. Um, But on the other hand, it's, it's again, like I keep reading this going, why wasn't this a Halloween event book? Like, why is this a summertime event um, miniseries, why was this not a weekly, you know, four-week, five-week event leading up to Halloween with your final issue coming out right around Halloween? That would have been perfect for a book like this, but right. for whatever reason, they've turned it into the summertime. Or at the very least, closer to Halloween, because I think by the time Deceased finishes, it'll probably, might be like, mm, if not the beginning of October or some, like maybe the middle, I can't remember. Yeah, but it's just kind of weird that it's... Uh, it started in June, and, right. you know, June, July. You're just like, this is not like what? Yeah, Why when you said it? that, it was like, you know what? That would that would have made totally much sense. But I guess they didn't want to be that on the nose with it, or maybe they didn't think about it. That that it, it doesn't really make that much sense because you're right. It would have been a little more perfect to to do it around closer to Halloween than this this oh, happened. Maybe that Tuesday clock twelve is coming, and they just want to keep the the schedule open. Shut fast. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing in this book that would that would have anything to do with Doomsday Clock, but or maybe well, you know what? Maybe there would be. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Who knows nowadays? You know. So, but yeah, but that's that. Like I said, it's a pretty much a side story to the main deceased uh, event that is is going on. I'm still enjoying it, and this was a, a still a pretty good fun read. And I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, but the storytelling was a little weird in this one. There were a lot of times where. They, you'd see a shot of uh, of a building, and it's just a building sitting there in the middle. There's a parking lot. There's some trees. It's yeah. just sitting there, and then you cut on the inside, and you see Booster Gold, and he's like, "They're right outside. They're gonna, they're banging on the doors. They're almost through." And you're just like, "Who?" Because right. we just saw a shot of the building. There's nobody there. Like right. And the same thing happened when uh, with when Bart and Mister Miracle uh, came into the link, which I oh they brought back up the the cheese plate. I mean the, the veggie plate again. Veggie tray. Yeah. Veggie tray. Yeah. So it was like okay, <laughs> that was a nice touch. But yeah, yeah I know so it's yeah. It, it's a it's a fun book, but it's definitely like this is the if 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 deceased is you know your your giant 
a theatrical release horror film. This is the Sci-Fi Channel tie-in <laughs> oh, uh, to your oh no big screen adventure. I mean, I can't really argue that, but <laughs> it's, it's not quite a zombie tidal wave bad. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely like Sharknado ish or Megalodonish or whatever the, the other one they're doing now is. But, but it's it's still fun no matter regardless, and it still has and it has stakes. It's a lot more in humor that. to it. Yeah. yeah, a lot more humor to it, and a lot a lot less gravity to it because the the main series really is like a. I just watch the people I love die and get torn apart and whatever. Right. And it's a lot more of like, you know, if we go down, we're going down fighting, and I'll take every one of these bastards with me, type of. You know, like, I'm probably the last one to make this reference, but it seems, and I've not watched either one of these, but it seems like this is Fear the Walking Dead to deceased the Walking Dead. Oh, mm. also except for the fact, but it doesn't play because Fear the Walking Dead is like a prequel and other other situations. Well, no, but they've they changed all that anyway. Oh, did so. they? Okay, so it all well, yeah, so that it caught up to the show. So well, right. it was in the beginning, right? But regardless, it's still the, the it's long. Over a couple characters, and right? Stuff. So yeah, there's, it's still a little loose in that in that uh, tie, regardless. But it's still fun. And I know Taylor's Tom Taylor was like, uh, yeah, he had a right lot. You know, a lot of stuff that he felt like he wanted to do, but one book wasn't going to cut it. That's why this book is going on. At least that was the reason. And whatever that other book is going to be, um, which is playing off of the main book because of, you know, uh, a certain character's death, death. But that hasn't shown up yet. So that is what it is. And that is all of my books for the week. All righty. I've only got a few. Um, since we. It was since, since Roddy Cat and I read a few books in common, so we covered some of those. I would speak about Ghost Spider Annual Number One. Uh, there's nothing really special about defeating an arcade-designed mini murder world designed for Peter Parker. Um, that's essentially the, the the point of this Acts of Evil crossover. Um, but the story really has some some human notes, and it's a you know, it's really well written, and I, that that's something I I give um, the writer a lot of credit for. Um, so it, it became a pretty good read, even though it hit a lot of very familiar notes. Um, the next book I wanted to talk about is Savage Avengers number five. Um, so the, the first battle versus the wizard Kulan Gaff ends, but apparently the war against Kulan Gaff continues. I'm off this book for now. Um, I'm done. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised you were still on this book as long as you were. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, like, uh, I know that Diodato is leaving the book after this issue. And having read this issue, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to stay on. And um, by the way, I didn't put this down because I read it very quickly. But Punisher number 15 this week contains the endgame reference of um, I don't even know who you are. Um, uh, bit. It's in this week's Punisher number 15. So, the, so is that a fish you were marking it down as when you, you read? Yeah, yeah, you can put that down. You can add that to the list. I'll type it into. Um, but uh, but yeah, I read through it. It's just the, it's it's the latest chapter in the Punisher versus uh, Zemo, but on the streets of Manhattan. But this is with the uh, the Punisher's um, ragtag team of super types um, that would be supporting him, like his few friends in the world, hmm. or not even friends, but like you know would be allies, sure. right? Exactly. Oh, and I forgot to mention the 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 MCU tie in 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 Fantastic Four. But you know what? You can read it for yourself because it's good. Um, that being the case, unless you have anything, Dirk, 
You didn't nothing. Okay. No, okay. I, I only read a handful of books. Sure. All right. I, mean, I read a bunch of books, but only a handful that were this week's books. <laughs> you got it. Fair. Been there. All right. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Um, I will give anyone else outside of this panel five seconds to guess Tim's book of the week. Ready? <laughs> go. One, two, three, four, and five. And you would be correct. It was. It is House of X number four. <laughs> to be fair, it was a good book. So I mean, we we said, said that we we made our cases earlier. So that's it's it's not just a joke, Tim, on this pick, but. Um, and it wasn't even a joke on his on his pick, but hey, you know, we know he likes his X his X factor, no pun intended. Um, anybody else? Um, uh, I'm actually going to go with uh Fantastic Four number fifteen, uh, 14. 14. That's yeah. Uh, I had a lot of fun reading this. It was just it had a great energy to it. Yeah, I I I I, I would agree with that assessment. Um. Hmm. Well, I want to say Doomsday Clock, but it's just not going to work out on this <laughs> one because uh, there's just still too many questions about what the heck is going on. Hmm. Uh, but I really did enjoy, as even though it didn't quite live up, I don't think it lived up to the cover. I think Justice League 31 was a lot of fun dealing with the different timelines, the different alternate timelines, the. Brainiac's machination, the Lex Luthor Brainiac machinations for everything, um, uh, and it even uh, you get another uh, version of uh, the Justice League that they run across that was fun to see because it looks like they had a Nova in their group or something. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I did enjoy that book, even though uh, didn't didn't quite live up to the promise made. On the gotcha, gotcha. And I guess for me, I I would have. I would probably would go with uh with uh Agent Seventy's pick of Fantastic Four because uh, it was just that good I think. But I'm going to actually turn left and say Transformers Ghostbusters number four because <laughs> it was it was it was it was fun and I still want those figures and I know I'm never going to get them. But it, you know this book was actually a for the run. It's not finished yet. I should point out because I think there's at least one or two more issues. Um, but. Yeah, this was a fun issue. Thank you. And we're going to transition into the next ad read. But first, uh, we will say we goodbye. Ian underscore dirt. Bye, guys. Yes. And I'm doing the thing now where I'm trying to, like, there's Roddy. There you go. <laughs> Agent 70. I'm like, yeah, well, hold on. Yeah, I see you down there, too. Yeah. See, I've kind of picked up, you know, pick my Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. Hey, you know what? If we had three more people, I could have totally made that um, made that scene. But... Oh my gosh. How many people can we get in one stream? That's that's the question. You know, I don't know. We'll probably never find that out. But you know, I'm not sure. All right. Well, anyway, guys, thanks for having me. I'll see you later. Later. Take it easy. All righty. Our first ad read of the night is for Funko Fun at First Sight. It's your home for collectibles such as their world famous pop vinyl bobbleheads apparel including t-shirts hats and socks and brand merchandise custom diy pop figures art books and skateboards and now the listeners of the comic book chronicles can enjoy 10 percent off your entire purchase when shopping at funko to place your first order with 10 percent off and to help keep our show free for you 
go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. We roll into the news. Indeed. Don't forget that uh, Gears Pops Funko game is, is, is out there and Gears 5 is out probably at the, as we speak at the time of this recording, which is Thursday night, 9 p.m. If you're a video game fan, which is slightly outside of the point of view of this program, but there are, they have been Gears of Wars comics, so there. Anyway, cinematic news as we start off with, as we tend to do with, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp stars teases Ghost's MCU returns. So yay for the Ghost. Hannah John came in, uh, hinted that she could return as the wall-phasing anti-hero. And she quotes, uh, in the MCU, you have to sign your contract with blood and they stitch you, stitch your mouth together, she said. Uh, all I can say is that Ghost didn't die. So that could mean she could potentially return, and I hope she does. Which actually is kind of funny because she is in two big Disney properties. Well, she has been anyway, because she's been in the MCU and she had a bit part in Force Awakens. Uh, those who know uh, Ms. Miss uh, Hannah John came in from Killjoys, which is awesome. You should go check that show out from on Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi, which is in its oh. last season. It's a great show. Anyway, next up. All right, in our next bit of news, there's an article out there that uh, describes who actually has the most screen time in Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So it should uh, not really surprise you. Well, yeah. actually, it kind of should, but it it, it kind of does and shouldn't. Right, because at the end of the day, we know that this was uh, Iron Man Swan Song as the lead character in the uh, Infinity Saga. So it's not a surprise that uh, Robert Downey Jr. and up Iron there, but exactly. He's, but he's actually not the the one who's had the most screen time. Oh, it's not. Who is? No. Uh, according to this chart, it is uh, Gamora and then Thanos. Wow! Shocker. And then Tony Stark. Shocker. Yeah. So, now imagine if they had a chart for, like, the MCU up until now, Tony Stark would probably have that one. Gotcha. But, yeah, but this one, like I said, this was just Infinity, uh, well, Infinity War and Endgame uh, screen time. So, it's it's gotcha. the combination of both of them. So, there you go. I'm not sure why this article was the case, but apparently it it, it, it is it's a thing. Next up, uh, Doctor Strange era in Avengers Endgame breaks continuity. So apparently this has something, again, what is going on with this this article? I don't know. But apparently, anyway, um, going back to that last battle, somebody picked up the fact that um, uh, Doctor Strange is holding up an, an item of jewelry that he would normally have under normal circumstances that got uh, dealt with in the previous movie. You know, and if you're a classic Doctor Strange fan, you know what article uh, article of of uh, it's not necessarily jewelry, but you know what that article is. Uh, he is apparently seen holding or or it's on his possession, but that's it is is not really saying much because it's, just because he has the thing doesn't mean that it itself didn't have any magical properties outside of what was in it, right? Or potentially couldn't. So you could kind of go both ways with that one. 
Like maybe he's still just holding on to it because hey, he's like, oh, this is my treasure keepsake. Or it actually had other magical properties to it outside right. of, you know, the thing it was holding. And right the article was bugging out, so I know it was, yeah. Anyway. It's okay. Uh, next up, um, shoot. We have an article that has, uh, that says that the Endgame Smart Hulk may make um, a future Hulk imperfect, future imperfect movie possible. Yeah, apparently uh, Peter David was asked during Dragon Con this past weekend, which, by the way, Dragon Con was this past weekend, and I'm not there. I wasn't there, and I'm mad. Uh, I'm not mad, but bummed. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Peter David was, I guess, asked about uh, about either the movie or something. I can't remember what it was, but... Um, he basically said that, uh, well, now I'm hoping they wind up doing a Future Imperfect, which I think would be freaking awesome. I think Future Imperfect would make a fantastic Hulk movie in the MCU, if that wasn't already implied. So, he also notes that, hey, you know, there would have to be some changes to the source material, because obviously there are some things that are not in place from the comic to the to the MCU. Uh, you know, such as not having Rick, Rick Jones, you know, in the MCU... You know, et cetera, et cetera. So he kind of goes into that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever read Future Imperfect. But basically, if you did not know, that is, um, the, the, if I'm not mistaken, the intro to the Maestro, a, a Future Hulk. Correct. So I can see where that makes, where that could be the case because, you know, how Endgame's Hulk is. Although you would, I know MCU fans would be like, I can't see because he was so fun like getting this and other. Hey, look. <laughs> right, but something bad, re- something really bad happens to the world that, right. caused, the, uh, that causes the maestro to, to, to uh, take center stage. So right. that has to happen in order for the Hulk to turn into that. So we'll and see. who's to say what, what could happen in, in phase four? Mm-hmm. Right. We'll see. Yeah. So. Anyway, next up. Alrighty. Uh, no, you're up. Um,. So yeah, we alluded to this ourselves, which I, which kind of goes to my assertion that we have fans over in TBR and not just the one we know that works for them. <laughs> that mm. is my joke in this whole in this whole thing. But um, Eternals could bring one of the Avengers' most scandalous romances to the MCU. Like I said, we kind of talked about this last week. So really, that being the the uh, the love affair slash triangle of Cersei, Black Knight, and uh, uh, Crystal of the Inhumans who all shared an Avengers team at the time of their romance. It was a pretty good run, I dare say. Not because of that, but just in general. And they're saying that this, this uh, article is asserting, which came out the day after we recorded, I'm just saying, uh, that that could possibly happen in the MCU. If they so decide. I got a friend we're probably going to at least get, get part of it. Because, like, obviously, as I said last week, the Avengers tie is not there, but their their romances could happen. Right, and there's no point in putting this particular putting the Black Knight into this movie without it. So, right, yeah, which is which you know if you not if you didn't think about it, like if you were like me and then you know was initially like, why in the world are they putting the Black Knight in this movie particularly? And then you think about it, all right, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, so yeah, there's that. Stay tuned for more on that next. Alrighty, um, in home movie news, Spider-Man Far From Home digital and Blu-ray release dates have been confirmed with special features. So uh, digitally, the movie is going to hit 
on September 17th and on physical media on October 1st. So it's roughly two weeks apart. Mm-hmm. Like normal. And I need to catch up on my, um, my, cause I still haven't gotten those last couple of movies. There you um, go. So I mean, I've watched it, but whatever. Um, so on another side of this token, um, Kristen Stewart told she could land Marvel role if she hid her sexuality. So Kristen Stewart did a, a yeah, some of y'all know her. She was in that one Twinkly Vampire movie. Sure. Uh, and she's also starring in Charlie's Angels now. Um, some would say she's a questionably good actor or not, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Uh, she did an interview with Harper's Bazaar, and this came up during the course of the, the article saying that she says basically that uh, what basically I just said uh, I'm putting this in here because the one thing that has not been stated in this article or the original source article was that no one from it seems as though no one from Marvel said that she could not or right. Disney what I was going to say was it the casting director no this is it she, there, yeah. she, there was nothing there was nothing said about who said anything she just she just said somebody told her that she could not, it could have been her manager for all we know. Right. I mean, so, so she didn't necessarily say one, one thing or another, so, but I also know that a headline like this and her saying that could just automatically have people thinking, well, blah, 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 this and that and go, go all rah, rah. Like, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that, you know, there's a problem in Hollywood, that there's not a problem in Hollywood where sexuality is concerned and, you know, casting choices and this and that and the other, because that is definitely a thing. But the fact that, you know, she said this and we don't know if there's anyone related to Marvel or Disney said anything about that not happening. Those two are not together. Right. So we should, we should definitely put it back out there. And I don't know if anybody really cares about it that much. I think we probably put gave more time than I've seen on the Internet about it, to be to, to be brutally honest. Gotcha. I've seen one throwaway cross from from a from dirt, but I'm not even going <laughs> to I think I may have kind of said what he kind of said sort of I, I will join but I huh. don't got a nash I started opening the next clip nice yeah, right that happened so yeah next up the next story involves a DuckTales uh, that involves Glomtales so it's a it's an upcoming episode that premieres on September 10th, and I literally just start playing it by accident. Well, yeah, it's an auto playing uh, thing, so you couldn't yeah couldn't help it. But yeah, so Glom Tales is basically the the name of the episode, and if that title uh, means anything to you, yes, Flitheart Glumgold hatches a plan to go to um, to uh, basically you might as well say it's his Legion of Doom that he forms to go up against Scrooge to get all his because you know Flint Hart and Scrooge McDuck are rivals mm-hmm. so yeah this is um, basically his plot to get rid of Scrooge and his family as it says here once in a while for all and he and he puts together which I guess that means well I guess that's also why you see characters from other Disney properties such as Don Connarish if you see as you see in the the, the clip um, and other folks, you know, like obviously the, the obvious ones like Magic of the Spell is is in the picture, and a few other people, you know, mm-hmm. are in this um are, are in this coalition. So you know, hey, if you're watching Ducktales, you'll see what that's all about. But I guess we see the start to see the combination of what that was all about more than just nice nostalgia. 
So, and I uh, will say there's a, well, we'll get to that because there's a, in the clickbait section, there's also another, um, there's also another DuckTales clip that, um, from behind the scenes, I guess you could say, of the cast doing an uh, Avengers Endgame scene in their voices, which is kind of cool. So, you can check it out if you care to. Next up, um, Mark Hamill compares the taste of Galaxy Edge's blue milk to the original. So, you know, Mark Hamill, who would know what blue milk, or at least, you know... What the OG blue milk Yes, what the OG version of blue milk would taste like uh, in relation to what they're going to be serving at the the Galaxy Edge's screen uh, theme park. So, yeah, he tries them out and uh, gives his opinion on that. And he also, so according to this uh, Twitter post, he says, note to self, remember, remember you're on camera and Disney signs your paychecks. And then he goes into um, his thoughts on, um, you know, on, on the mixture, which is uh-huh. kind of, always kind of funny. You should check that out. All right. In Next more up. Star Wars Mark Hamill news, he mm-hmm. shared how the original lightsabers were made. So this is, uh, uh, I guess, via social media. Yep. He shared that um, the original lightsaber was made using a handle from a 1940s Graflex press camera and some stuff stuck to the bottom and uh, an illuminator strip taken from a calculator. And it cost back then 12 pounds to make. Yeah, which not probably even now is probably not that well. I mean, it's probably obviously it's a different rate than back then, but it's probably right. not all that much. So, yeah. Um, which I feel like we've, I don't know if we've seen, I feel like we've probably seen this in a, in a behind the scenes before or something like that, mm-hmm. but you know, this is always a fun thing to, to, to see. Um, so yeah. And of course, a lot of people commented on that post as people tend to do, but it's a nice little geeky fact. I like it. I always love it. Uh, the Mandalorian fights a pair of Trendotians in cool new photo, which I did oh. finally see the trailer, by the way. Oh, good. How, what'd you think? It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it still doesn't really say a whole, whole lot, but at the same time, right. it kind of gives you a good sense of the world somewhat. So, um, but yeah, this, so if you were looking at the video, you can see the, the, um, the, the photo from Entertainment Weekly, which looks more like, um, um, them posing action figures as opposed to a live action shot. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it is a live action shot, but it just looks like, hey, we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get some uh, figures and just pose them together, and that's gonna be this shot. Yeah, just based on how it's how how static it looks, so. right? So, but, it, but I guess that's it could be a testament of how good it looks. Okay, but or not, I don't know. That's, that that could probably go both ways. But either way, hey, it's a nice shot, and you know, that's you know, it's a thing. Next up, speaking of the Mandalorian. All right, so in or the Mandalorian, no, I'm just kidding. Oh gosh! <laughs> so in more news about uh, the Mandalorian, um, it because the because the show takes place in the 30 year space between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, it's going to explore the origins of the First Order that has uh, not quite taken over, but is definitely um, you know doing a lot of bad things in the latest Star Wars trilogy. Right, which you know, I some would argue some probably much needed backstory on because it seemed like they just kind of came out of nowhere well not necessarily out of nowhere because you know hey the, the empire rises and falls someone's going to try to take its place one way you know one way should way shape or form and that's kind of thing that always happens as we've learned anything from star wars history 
Right. And then we're probably just going to learn more about it in the next movie. Yeah, probably. But well, think, given who they've teased. Yes. Probably. Or at the very least, we'll probably get like the end of it, maybe not the beginnings of it. And this probably they're probably using this show to kind of the um to stoke the beginnings of it and then yeah. And then that'll just kind of bring it back in. And then of course there's the books because you know there's that stuff right, is that too, yeah. So yeah, so basically uh, Dave Filoni says that yeah, this doesn't turn into a good guy universe because you blew up two two Death Stars. Um he says uh you get that the rebels won and they're trying to establish a republic, but there's no way that uh, that could have set in that could have set in for everybody all at once. So you have a western where you're out in the frontier and there might be Washington and there might have had some marshals, but uh sometimes good luck finding one. So yeah, that kind of gives you the state of the where the Mandalor- Mandalorians takes place, which, as you have seen for yourself, kind of a Wild West thing going on. Right. So, yeah. Um, and like I said, he talks a little bit more about, you know, possibly the, the what could bring in the First Order. Uh, next up. So, oh. yeah. Um, next Flash director confirmed. It's Andy Machete. Okay. So, so yeah, apparently that Flash movie is still kind of up in the air, and the last director, as we I think we have said before, has uh, has left the project, and now we have another one. Ezra Miller is still kind of sort is still attached. We still think, and yeah, I guess they're still trying to do it. Right. We'll believe it when we see it. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I don't know. Right. Does anyone so, even care at this point? Speaking of the Flash, of Ezra Miller. <laughs> Ezra, right. yeah. Anyway, next. Right. Speaking of the flashbot on the TV side, Grant Gustin has confirmed that a major crisis character for season six is going to show up in the premiere. And that character is, spoiler alert, Barry Allen. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It's the Merrimack. <laughs> Civil War historians will understand what I'm talking about. No, it's the Monitor. Oh, no. Well, wait, I thought we already we already established that, though. I don't know, but the thing is, anytime I see the monitor, I think, "Oh, where's the Merrimack?" But um, but anyway, you history buffs buffs are chuckling on the floor, just rolling, oh. laughing about that. Oh, but uh, well, no, because I think yeah, because the dude they got they hired is playing the anti monitor, I think. So yeah, so this is the the monitor, which makes sense because hey, where the anti monitor is, the monitor is probably gonna be somewhere around. Sure. So yeah, there we go. All right. Another crisis, not necessarily averted. Yeah. Anyway, next up, speaking of The Flash, uh, Iris's new hairstyle has a, an in-story explanation. So there was rumbling about this on uh, social media, and I didn't pull that story last week when it happened. So I think uh, Candace Patton, the very lovely Candace Patton, uh, went to social media Basically, long story short, is asking to see if she could have her natural curls on the show, uh, and I think the producers obviously said yes because that's it's showing up, and they've not only it's not only shown up, but uh, there's an in-story reason as to why she had to because all all before now her hair has been straight, so there's an in-story reason as to why she has gone with the curls. So, all right. Good on them. And it only took six years. <laughs> um, anywho. Oh, so that's cool. Next up. Uh, in his new single t- entitled Rainbow Dragon, actor, singer, songwriter, 
Kanan Lonsdale, and I want to say who directly references his departure from the CW's DC television series, The Flash. He played uh, Kid Flash. Correct. Um, yeah, I want, so before this article came out, I saw a clip of that video and you should check it out because it's quite something. Okay. And I say that to everybody in the audience because it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, apparently, and I didn't get to the part where he, he actually said the, the line that he quotes in this uh, article or the line that is quoted in the article. So basically around the track's two minute mark, Lonsdale raps about all the choices that he is free to make on his own volition, declaring I could quit the flash if I wanted to. So, and he's not a, not a regular on the show uh, at this point anyway. So that's, it is what it is, but yeah, go check that out. If you are so inclined, he weirds me out. Cause he looks like my, my nephew. I don't, that's, it's not a good, or good or bad thing. It's just, it is. Gotcha. Anywho, um, Arrow's David Ramsey on why the Arrowverse remains without a Green Lantern. Because they're cowards, and they don't want to give Diggle his ring. That's freaking why. Okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, uh, apparently, um, and there's, it's been alluded to like two, three different times, including um, apparently in the last crossover, Elseworlds. Where I guess he was asked because I still haven't seen that yet either. Where he, uh, the character of Diggle was asked, "Where's John? Where's his ring?" So, which is also a, you know a nod to there being a Green Lantern existence in the Arrowverse, also. Uh, but yeah, so but he was being interviewed and uh, was asked as to why they haven't done it yet, and he gives his reason, which I don't believe. Because uh, he basically says here, I cannot tell you how many times uh, that he's been asked, this is what they're saying about it. But but really, I don't have to knock on uh, Mark Stowe. He's been incredibly forthright with letting me know the plan and letting me know some of the politics behind it. Green Lantern is a tremendously large property and is not easily done. Right. Uh, it If it's done on TV, imagine the cost. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's going to take a great deal of preparation if and when it's ever done. I don't believe that. I, I love David Ramsey. He, he's, he's, he seems like he'd be a cool guy. I don't believe that reasoning. Okay. Because, well, one, we got Black Knight. And, and uh, I mean, granted, it's a far cry because, I mean, yeah, we're dealing with more um, more effects being needed than, say, Black Lightning would, would entail. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but... Yeah, let's say electrical effects are actually, I think, one of the easier things for that. That's what I'm saying, and which I'm, I'm not using that as, a, as a, an excuse for it. But I, I feel like between, you know, the, the effects that have already shown up on the Flash and Supergirl, and you know, well, I guess yeah. in some small part the the Arrow, the Arrow also, you know, but probably even yeah. Legends, I'd say, because I'm like a little behind on that. But regardless, I don't know. Yes, effects take a lot and whatever. And like, I just think that going, it just goes back to they were still trying to keep some of uh, some specific characters separate from TV than movie. Uh, but I think that kind of got knocked out with Batwoman coming also, because they said they would never have anybody from the Bat family coming to, to like that. I got you. I don't know. But regardless, of, hey, that's what he said. That's what he believes. I'm not, you know, I can't knock that either. But I just don't believe it. All righty, next up. Yes. Uh, 
in a new photo from uh, Arrow's final season, shows us the best look yet at Black Canary's new new costume and Spartan's new costume. Wait, why is Spartan white? That's not right. Did oh. I miss something? Don't look at me. So Spartan is John Dickel's uh, character's code name, or was. I don't know if, 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 again, I'm a couple of seasons behind, so I don't know, you know, if they may have changed something by now. Because that, that, that does not look like Dickel. But either way, if you're watching the video, you can see the, the pictures of it. There's a little more classic Canary look, kind of so well. I mean, at least TV version of Canary, because that's not, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Poof. Next. Uh, young, okay, so I'm a little behind and I still hadn't watched this, so I'm just going to preface that right now, but I kind of figured this was, something was going to happen with this. Young Justice's end credits shocks fans with the most savage Lovo ever. I don't quite know what that means, but I figured since they kept showing his, his lopped off finger, um, during those end credit scenes up until the last, up until the the last one I've seen, Mm-hmm. That clearly was going to mean something, and I assume because I know we talked about this before, there there were some people thinking there was some meaning behind those those in credit shots. Mm-hmm. And I'd feel free to not say if that's actually true or not, or well, you can't say if, if that's actually true if all that's got tied together outside of that this Lobo one. You got me. Wait, you? I thought you caught up. I thought you finished. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. But in terms of it all tying together with Lobo, you know, sure. I thought that was just a teaser. Okay. Well, moving right along. Next. <laughs> uh, regarding Young Justice, uh, Cyborg was given his final upgrade. Um, so, hold on. I forgot what it is. It's been it's been a week or, or so since I since I last watched uh, Young Justice, so a lot of it has uh, escaped my memory. I assume he got the rest of his his uh, cybernetic implants. Cybernetic? Yeah, I assume, but I, I haven't watched it either. I hadn't caught up either. Gotcha. Alrighty. Like I, said, I assume I don't, I'm not entirely because right. that would be the only other. If you haven't caught up, I'm not even going to talk about it. Just go. <laughs> go on. Sure. Yeah. Next up, well, I mean, I mean, it, that this is less of a thing than not because I mean, hell, they put him on the show and like, yeah, they had him a one way, so it, it was going to be eventually they're going to give him a more classic form. That being the case, so that's not a big shocker. Um, no, you're still not caught up yet, so I can't even. I know, uh, I know, I know. Okay, I can make jokes about the ending. Okay, okay, because, uh, because what I what I mentioned last week still applies. Right, I know. <laughs> Don't you're not you you don't know how they resolve that storyline that I thought they were going to carry over into sure. the next season. Okay, okay. Well, I'll let you know this or maybe sometime this weekend. You'll know when I know. Um, yeah. Swamp Thing concept art showcases the series demonic blue devil. So this looks like Aaron Zirik. Is he was he going to be blue devil? I guess it was. I guess so. Huh. Weird. Um, so artist Jared S. Morantz released new concept art for the Blue Devil from uh, DC Universe's canceled Swamp Thing series, which I guess that means that, hey, if that show was allowed to live, they would have brought in Blue Devil. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're watching the video, you can see um, the, the, the the photos from uh, Mr. Morantz's uh, Instagram. So... I, you know what? I both love and hate when it was like, hey, this is the thing that could have been had, you know, things happened. Because, I mean, they were doing that with Young Justice before 
before it actually happened. So, you know, it's a positive and a negative. But at the same time, some of them are, like we've talked about before, it's like, okay, really, you don't, we don't know if this stuff was gonna actually going to happen if, if the thing was going to keep on because you didn't really put it out there to where it was going to be something. In this case, it's different because that show didn't live long enough to, to get in to make any traction. Right. Anyway, next up. Um, first trailer for Harley Quinn. I, I think one. So what? I think this is mine. Um, report. First trailer for Harley Quinn led battle. Uh, Harley Quinn led Birds of Prey arrives soon. Oh, uh, so apparently it's uh, set to come out next week uh, to be released alongside uh, the It film in theaters. Yes, okay. um, a rumor. You know, uh, uh, up until it happens, we don't know. So, sure, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I I have a slight curiosity about that movie, but at the same time, it's like you know. You know. Hey. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. You know, hey, Margaret Robbie, do your thing. Um, Joker. Oh, Jesus, this thing again. I forgot. Is that um, why you wanted to jump and take my turn? <laughs> no, that, that was, no, not really, but uh, sure. Um, Joker is Mark Marin continues to slam superhero movies, then break backs down. Maybe finally somebody got to him and say, hey, shut up. You're in a superhero movie. If you still want this paycheck, maybe you should shut the hell up. Yeah. But that's too much to ask for. So, yeah. So, he basically doubled down on the comments he was making last week, which we talked about where we don't want to um, um, talk about. But he basically says on Twitter, oh, shit, this feels like a real grown-up movie. Going to be awesome. And then, you know, oh, somebody called him out on it. Okay. So and then it, which he, and he goes on to say is he apologizes for calling a, a, the person a dummy saying I don't know you at all and I apologize for calling you a dummy been on a roll with a lot of trolls coming at me yeah right he's the main troll himself anyway mm-hmm. uh, just been a little beside myself wasn't really thinking AKA somebody slapped him on the slap him in the face and say shut up if you want to get paid that's right which somebody should have did that after that after the first thing but you know yeah I don't know anyway. Next up, um, the first trailer for the Bloodshot movie should release sometime in October, says director Dave Wilson. I like how they use they, whoever did this this first uh, picture uh, used the Fast and the Furious shot. Which I mean, sure, why not? It's just kind of funny. Composite with this other Bloodshot thing. So, so yeah, apparently we might uh, get a Bloodshot trailer for um, uh, coming next month. Bloodshot is the the Valiant comic book uh, turned to turn into a movie with Vin Diesel. Yep. Moving right along. I don't know if there's nothing else to really say about that. I'm like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, two animated series Spawn. Two animated series planned after the movie reboot. So apparently they're going to reboot the, the Spawn movie and do two more animated uh, series after that. Not Was one, there? but two. Was there news about the Spawn movie this week? Uh, outside of this? Yeah. Not that I know of, but there's been news in the past about it's a thing that it thing it being a thing. But I don't know if there was anything else this week outside of this. If there was, I missed it. Interesting. Only because I overheard something at uh, at the at the comic shop. Mm-hmm. So that's why 
uh, I, I'm kind of uh, I, I'm kind of curious as to why we didn't have um, a, a story about it. So and because I probably missed it. Um, I know it's that... not necessarily the case. It could just be rumor. You know. Well, there is also that sometimes. Some well, I mean, I still wouldn't have seen. I still hadn't seen the rumor, so that's it's either still that. Um, there is apparently a related note in this article saying that McFarlane isn't nervous about making directorial debut, which mm-hmm. you know, I don't. I don't think that's what you're talking about. No. So I don't know if there is anything else. Then that's fine. Okay. Like I said, I didn't. I you know I I I'm not inclined to trust the the, the particular customer that that dropped this particular <laughs> nugget. Sure. You I mean, know. I know there's also been news news about Spawn 300, which is coming, but oh, it came out this week. Yeah. So, but, but like I said, I'm not. Uh, I don't necessarily put a lot of uh, trust in in this in this particular customer of the shop. So sure, yeah. Sometimes you got to be like that. Yep. Um, and that is the end of cinematic news. We're going into the comic book news. All right, just give me a moment to click back. All right, scrolling, 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 because I was in the spillover. Um, Star Wars number 72 has been pushed back three weeks, which is, I don't know if it's concerning or not, because this series is ending. Um, yeah, not really. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, who knows? It was supposed to come out. Yeah. It's only back three weeks though. It's not the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. And like you said, the, 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 the book is ending anyway. So it's, it's, it's less of a matter. I think this is probably one of the few times that the book's been pushed during this run. I could be wrong about that because it's been a while, but right, and the, the, it's been going for seven plus issues. So, you know, yeah. it's been going on. Like you said, it's going going. It's been going on for a while, so it's hard for us to remember if it's been delayed at some point or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I it's still weird to me that this book is going away because, like I said, they still. I half expected them to go through at the very least Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. so which means they could have given this book twice as much legs but that might be the next volume so. i mean maybe but i don't know it's we'll just yeah, yeah we'll... i don't know we'll see next up marvel reveals why spider-woman changes back to her old comics uh comes costume excuse me which i didn't know that happened because i'm not reading marvel comics presents da, 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 da. right that's a reference to the donald duck presents so, uh, okay yeah somebody remember that i'm sure Anyway, it doesn't matter. So yeah, apparently in Marvel Comics Presents number eight, uh, uh, Jessica goes back to her original costume. Uh, and I guess yeah, and I guess going into Strike Force, which is coming out next month or this month. Um, I thought. Well, wait a minute. I thought they had shots of her in the new costume in that one. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. So yeah, yeah there was a reason. Uh, okay. And if you were reading Marvel Comics Presents, you know why. So. Move right along. Yep. Uh, Donnie Cates and Mark Bagley revisit classic Venom Spider-Man stories. So in December's Venom 21 is going to refer to a classic uh, Spidey story that features Venom. And apparently it's going to be a riff on Spider Island. Which I have still yet to read. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, despite the fact that, as far as I know, it didn't have anything to do with Spider-Verse. Right. Uh, as far as I know. Actually, wait, didn't Spider-Island come before Spider-Verse, right? I uh, can't remember. It's, it's a blur, because I, I think there was a... No, I think it came after it, because I think Spider-Verse happened, and then, like, uh, like a couple of years back, did Spider-Island happened. Not yeah, like a little contained, right. contained event. And then, I of think course, that's right. 
Yeah. But regardless, I hadn't read it because I still hadn't finished reading Spider-Verse, but I already know what happens in Spider-Verse, so it kind of doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So regardless, yeah, that happens. And if you're watching the video, you can see this classic Spider-Man cover with Venom holding up um, a skull with uh, Spidey's head attached. Or a Spidey's mask attached, mm-hmm. I guess. So that was a good cover. Um, but yeah, that's that's a thing. <gasps> Move right along. Um, go ahead. No, no, this is yours. No, you take it. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man just diagnosed the problem with Ghost Spider's powers, so this was in the first issue. I think I, I discussed it, actually. Which is why I wanted you to take it. But I gotcha. Yeah, so basically, uh, Ghost Spider had been dealing with, um, some, some malfunctioning spider powers, which are, 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 are based on being, um, bonded with, a, a type of symbiote from uh, her universe and Spidey basically figures out what her problem is with it and what she needs to do to keep up. It's kind of funny because so like, wait, so she wears headphones. So the sonic part should have, should have kept her safe. Um, I'm just kidding. That's, that's slightly a joke. Mm-hmm. But, um, so anyway, so that's Listen, the thing. She also, she also plays the drums in a band. Exactly. So, so I'm saying there's enough sonic distortion to where it's like, you know, anything but right. you know, and we're right, but it's not about this. right exactly what it's 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 not what you it's not what you're implying sure i know but yeah it's actually it's actually an interesting you know it, it was an actually an interesting take on it you know mm-hmm. so uh, it, from what i saw from the panel it looks more like a killer kill type situation but i don't know because i hadn't read it mm-hmm. and if you if i know you don't but if you've ever seen the anime killer kill you you know already know what i'm talking about okay i haven't seen it yeah it's it's a weird one um but I would suggest you. Actually, no, you don't. Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Uh, prepare for all hells to break loose in Ghost Rider number one. So there's a new Ghost Rider series coming out um, that Ed Brisson's writing, and it's going to star Johnny Blaze and Jenny, Danny Ketch. So and it says here, sometimes an older sibling will give younger sibling a great new. Uh, great new comics to read or classic albums to listen to and sometimes an older sibling will give a younger sibling a demonic curse the spirit of vengeance and the title of ghost rider excuse me and that sounds like what's going to be at play in this new book and then the rest of it is like an article with Brisson about the the book mm-hmm. so it's uh, Ed Brisson and Aaron Cooter on art so and apparently Johnny Blaze is still current King of Hell, and no word on whether this has anything, unless it says something in the article. No word on whether this has anything to do with what's going on in Avengers. Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Currently, so but we'll see. Ghost Rider fans rejoice. Doesn't sound like um, Rappy's going to be a part of this book unless he comes in at some point. But also, we still don't know what's going on with the Avengers, so it may not be a factor. Uh, next up. Uh, next up, uh, Kylo Ren appear- appears to follow Luke Skywalker's footsteps to Dagobah in Star Wars Age of Resistance Supreme Leader Snoke number one preview. So Snoke's brutal training of Kylo Ren begins in this comic, and we'll see how that all unfolded. Hmm. So I know you started reading, which I'm still slightly surprised about. You started reading some of these books. Uh, I wanted to. I haven't gotten to it yet. It's on oh. my to-do list. I got you. It's <laughs> okay. Only because it's canon. You know what I mean? And it's well, yeah. And and 
and it's interesting to maybe fill in some of the gaps before the new movie. I've got until December, obviously. Mm. Wait, are you specifically doing the Age of Resistance stuff, like the stuff that's um, with the, the the current trilogy, or are you going all the way? Uh, here and there, mostly with the current trilogy, just to, like I said, fill in some of the gaps that they're looking to fill. Sure. I haven't, well, this one's not out yet and I haven't read this one yet. Um, but this one from the previews seemed like it may or may not, cause I've talked in the past about a lot of these books really don't give you any new information or, or anything substantial. I don't believe personally, mm-hmm. a couple of them here have here and there or, and fill in some stuff, some stuff, some neat stuff that, you know, you didn't know about in the past or whatever the case may be. But largely some of them are just like, okay, well, here's some stories from that happened to them back in the past. No real bearing. Keep it pushing. This one might seem a little different. We don't know. Stay tuned. Because there's a bunch of them I hadn't read. I, I kind of specifically stopped reading a lot of those, even though there has been a couple of them that I've been wanting to read. But, you know, like I said, largely a lot of them kinda, just kind of passed by. But we'll see. We'll both get caught up. Next up. Um, oh, crap. Hold on. Okay. I got it. Uh, Marvel teases a major murder mystery to close out 2019. And for looking at this picture, slightly reminded me of Identity Crisis. If if you know that reference. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, I'm, I'm not saying that is the case, but I'm just saying. So what we see here, if you're watching the video, is a poster picture slash of um, various heroes, inc- including Valkyrie. Um, Jane Foster, uh, members of the Fantastic Four, and a couple of Avengers, and a body on a on a table covered in a sheet. So somebody gonna die. <laughs> and I was gonna say, like looking at the outline of the picture, we don't know if it's female or not. But, but apparently, we'll find out. Uh, incoming is yes. the name of the uh, of the event. And I guess wait, so. I'm guessing this is that event that because they, they did say there was going to be another event this year that we did not know about at the time because they were kind of remember there was uh, a few months back when they were kind of outlining the, the uh, events and they said there was another unnamed one. I think so. I'm assuming this is it. Um, and the tagline here is, can you solve the puzzle before the heroes of the Marvel Universe? So somebody's going to die. Thankfully, it's not um, uh, Bill Foster because he's already dead. No, because they didn't. Well, I mean, that one didn't need to be solved because we know who killed him. It was Tony and them. (laughs) It was Clor. Wait, who? Clor. Oh, the yeah, 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 the Clor. Sure, sure. No, it was it was Tony and them because they made him. Anyway, um. So, but, right. that, but that's a that's a whole thing from Civil War. Go do your yes. history. Uh, so yeah, so this was coming like the December twenty sixth, um, and that was just a teaser. That uh, another teaser. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a, a part of that other teaser that dropped. I think we talked about um, um, last week or for a while back. Regardless, we we talked about the other teaser. So I guess this is along that with that on another end. So yeah. Next. Alrighty, uh, next up, Jim Lee recreated his iconic Heroes Reborn Namor Fantastic Four vision. So this was posted on his Instagram where he uh, posted a new drawing of Namor um, on an undersea throne. Uh, the image, the original image um, referenced is in um, Fantastic Four, the Heroes Reborn series number two. 
for back in 96. Yes, folks. If you And if you're keeping scratch track, uh, that's the second reference to uh, Heroes of Pokemon we've had this uh, episode. Crazy. Slightly unintentional, but... Or was it? Oh, no. And, uh, anyway. Yeah, right? But yeah, if you're watching the video, you can see the picture in question. And some of you are there less than after it. Go for it. Um, Joe Sinnott to be honored in hometown celebration. It's a celebration, peoples. Um, the city of Socrates. Socrates. Socrates, yeah. Yeah, well, sure. Tomato. You mean it's like Socrates. I know. I, yeah, that was, that was unintentional. Um, we'll honor artist Joe Sinnott in a ceremony. Well, excuse me. They honored him in a ceremony on uh, August 31st, because it's already passed, uh, in which the Senate will be presented the proud of Ulster County. Is it is, is it Ulster County? Because some of y'all, y'all have some strange, strange pronunciations of stuff. No, it's Ulster County. Okay, I don't know. Cause y'all say Houston and it's Houston, but whatever. Um, <laughs> County Award, according to Hudson Valley One. Uh, Joe, uh, excuse me, the Senate is best known for his work inking Jack Kirby on Marvel Comics' uh, Francis Four from forty four to one hundred and two, staying on after Kirby left for a tenure on the title that lasted until eighty one. So yeah, this this is uh, this is the name to be known if you are a Marvel slash uh, Francis Four fan. All right. Uh, let's see. Senna announced his retirement from comic books at the age of ninety two in May of this year after sixty nine years in the industry, and he was still going up until this year. Yeah. So yeah. And like I said, the, the celebration's already been had, so you missed it, just like we missed it. Mm-hmm. Also, 69. Anyway, which is not the first person that we've seen that, that has had... Anyway, well, whatever. That's, that's a weird one. Not just because of the... Whatever the, the numbering is, but anyway. Next. Uh, the Marvel Avengers game... Uh, video game offers a detailed look at the cap at, at their rendition of Captain America in a new video. So yeah, this has been one of the the more controversial game design uh, aspects of game design, and I still don't know why. It I, looks, mean, I know why, but I don't know why because like I, I I understand I understand the, the the reasoning behind it. Yeah, I mean, if you want it to be inspired by um, the real world. Um, stuff i'm like wait you have thor and iron man in this you don't need the real world just go with the comics <sighs> but no but see what marvel games has come up and said that they wanted to go they yeah, their own way. yeah they want to go their own way, which is why spider-man was the way it was and this you know all games going forward from there yeah it's kind of doing the same thing so i don't know it'll still work people will still play it <laughs> oh, yeah. still play it because you don't see the clunkiness until you see it as a still yeah, well, again, that's also, you know, uh, you know, it's not a finished product, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. And I think from, there's another, I didn't put it in here, but there was, um, there were potential spoilers in the Captain America, Captain America gameplay, which I'm not sure how that, I mean, I don't know, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. Uh, but apparently there, there might have been a, there might have been some sort of spoiler for the game in that gameplay, which eh, I'm not sure how you know until you get to the game. Anyway, next. All right, next up, uh, Marvel's Marvel Entertainment is going to unveil has unveiled uh, its 2019 hey, New York Comic Con panel lineup. Hey, wait, did you miss one? Oh no, I missed. Oh, sorry, Hot Toys. Yeah. 
I missed one because I was looking away watching the Packers against the Bears. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, folks. Sports ball. Yes. Um, Hot Toys debuted Contest of Champions Hulking Venom Pool Premium Figure, and that's another reason why I skipped it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not a fan of the games. I get it. Um, which Contest of Champions game? That's a that's a decent one. Um, so yeah, this is a figure that was uh, born out of uh, that game, and now it's a figure. Okay. And you can see the figure here. Uh, if you're watching the video, if you care, go for it. Whenever it comes out, um, it is kind of big. It's 14 inches tall and has 20 points of articulation. So, yay! Uh, Marvel's NYCC plans include Disney Plus World premiere, uh, Dawn of X announcements, and more. So, yeah, when is North? Uh, when is uh, New York? October 4th. Okay, so Disney Plus will debut like a month and a half later. Right. Or so a month and some change later, not a half, but... Right, yeah. So uh, it's going to be that the, the, the first weekend in October, I believe. Mm. And Oh, here we go. Yeah, Thursday, October 3rd through Sunday the 6th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and this is Marvel's uh, lineup for um, for for that that event. You know, some of the usual stuff, uh, you know, Cup of Joe happens and Next Big Thing and <clears throat> uh, Marvel Games panel, obviously. So, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a little bit more on the upcoming X stuff, which I'd be curious to see about that one because I think uh, we will have just, uh, yeah, we'll have just finished the, the whole house powers of, you know, thing mm-hmm. one time. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, next up, Funko reveals its Marvel exclusive for New York Comic Con 2019. Uh, so there's uh, there's Iron Man one if you're watching this one, and then there's the Guardians of the Galaxy Stanley figure, and um, a few other bits of merch, huh. including our old old uh, um, OG Miss Marvel one. Nice. And Marvel and OG McFury, Nick Fury. Oh, wow. Which I don't think they've ever had before. I'm not sure. I guess I'm going to have to enter for uh, the chance to buy those. <laughs> because that's the kicker about those exclusives, man. Yeah. That's the kicker. Like, every once in a while, if you come back late in the day, uh, a less popular exclusive will still be on the shelves and they'll let you in and buy it. But right. more often than not, the stuff that's exclusive gets scooped up exceedingly quickly. Oh, no like, doubt. Yeah. Uh, lotteries to get in so we'll see you know maybe they've done it the way they did with uh the way hasbro did it with the uh at matt wang 97 uh where you can uh you know enter into a time enter into a lottery to get assigned a time mm-hmm. so that's how they you know because that's how they've they've been doing things with these bigger cons for a while now that you know they started with san diego and i think they moved on to new york where you just have to um, you know, go with your badge and apply for a, 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 a slot. Right. So. Yeah, so if you're watching the video, you can see me uh, clicking through the slot show, which includes the uh, figures that has been uh, that we just talked about. So, cool. And oh, that's cool, Stanley. Yeah. 
That one's cute. I like it. And there's also what wasn't mentioned was there's a Dark Phoenix one, which I don't know how I feel about that one. Because it's, mm. it, it's, I mean, granted, it's a Funko Pop, so they're kind of, dare I say, I like Funko Pops, but they're kind of cheaply made and, you know. But they could do that because you know, all, most of the figures kind of look like it. But that one seems like, like, all right, you didn't have to do that much to it. <laughs> More than usual. So anyway, but that's it. So you go forth and wreak havoc. I still need to do something with all these pops I got. Um, Jugheads of the Multiverse unite in Jugheads Time Police number four. So apparently there's, heaven forbid, there's a multiverse of Jugheads. And uh, they're all going to meet in this one book. Okay. Or they're going to finally meet in this one book. I'm not sure. Um... Says here, Jughead stranded on the deserted timeline, one without burgers or hot dogs or any meat couched in bread. He's got to find some way to get back to the future to prevent an all-out war between the the time streams. But can he do it alone? <laughs> da, da, da. Exactly. So this is going to be the, the, the Council of Jugheads. <laughs> Gosh. There seems to be a lot of that lately. I know I'm catching up with The Flash and the, the, the episode with the Council of Wells. And which is, yeah, that's the thing. Anyway, next mm-hmm. up. So, uh, apparently, um, creator Brian Wood has been accused of sexual misconduct again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, writer and editor Laura Hudson came forward on Twitter with a sim- with an accusation against writer Brian Wood, who is currently writing several series for Dark Horse Comics. Who, okay. have, who have just, after this came out, uh, stopped their involvement with him. But the fact that he's been getting work all these years under many un- allegations or you know you know it's kind of telling in its own right gotcha you know for them to just have start this because again because and the, the the thing around the, the the twitterverse you know people were like it's not like it's for and that which i knew too because i know this is not the first time we may have even talked about this um that you know he, that he's been accused so sometimes it's smoke where there's there smoke, there's fire. Hmm. And why has he been getting work? Because there's a bigger problem with the industry. Um, next so, yeah. up. Next up. Uh, Hellboy making holiday visit to Savannah, Georgia for Mignola and Hughes' uh, holiday special. This is a different one from a different book from the one we talked about last week. Um... This one is called uh, blah blah blah. No, that's the different. That's the other one. Uh oh wait, or is it? Oh, here we go. Uh, Hellboy Krampus Knot. There we go. Is okay. Re- um, reuniting for an all new one shot. That being uh, Mike Mignola and Adam Hughes for this one shot, as well as the other one that we talked about last week. So, cool. Next up. Alrighty, next up, uh, Transformers Galaxies uh, sees the Constructicons deciding the future. So this is uh, a proposed book that's going to explore... Well, it's not proposed. It's coming out next month, I believe. Or okay. It's been solicited, so it's coming out... Uh, I gotcha. In yeah. December. Okay. Um, it's either November... I think in November. I can't remember. It's either next month or December, because I know I've been seeing things on it. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, this is going to follow up. So yeah, guess what? We're getting tr- more Transformers books than the one that's out now, <laughs> which was inevitable, I, I assume. Uh, so yeah, apparently, um, 
they're following the war against the full spark uh, Cybertron remains in ruins and I don't know if that has anything to with that doesn't sound like anything that's going on with the current book um, but yeah regardless like said, they got a creative team it's a thing that's coming have at it yes I will probably be reading it next up um, going back to what we talked about or at least alluded to way earlier in the program uh, Transformers Unicron HasLab project uh, campaign extended through North, uh, NYCC so yes, HasLabs is the Hasbro crowdsource uh, crowdsourcing program. We talked about this big behind Unicron um, probably weeks ago, a month ago. I can't remember. Uh, that's going for like five some five hundred some odd dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they're extending it, which kind of says that it probably didn't make this goal. And as to why it didn't, oh, all right. Let me phrase that. Um, it didn't make its goal, but they're still kind of going ahead with it. Or not necessarily going ahead with it, extending it so they could try to go get ahead with it. Um, let's see. At the time of the writing, the campaign has received donations from 5,575 backers. The target goal is 8,000. I'm assuming backers, not uh, money. So that doesn't necessarily say whether uh, it made it or not, just that they wanted that number of backers. And I can check this out if I chose to. I'm not going to do that. Maybe later, but <laughs> yeah, I would like this. Pro- I would like this thing. I'm not paying that much money. It's ridiculous. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. A lot. You know, um, like I don't know how much uh, a USS flag would cost nowadays. Oh right, yeah. Because that was the big. That was the big toy. That if you had that, you were the coolest. And Back then, that was like what a little bit over a hundred bucks, probably. And that, and and obviously, you know, uh, masterpiece transformers are, are, you know, easily a hundred and fifty a pop. Right, exactly, and that's for the cheaper on the cheaper side. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, obviously nowadays. different. Yeah, exactly. It's just you know the money was different then, um, but still a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the thing. This is this is pretty much this is probably the the most expensive. Transformer um, should it get made, which it probably still will. That's part of why they're trying to extend it also, because like they want this to get made to get out there. Cool. Um, so yeah, more power to those folks. Alrighty. Next up in uh, this week's comics news, uh, Comrade Putin threatens the U th- threatens the U.S. with invasion in DC's Doomsday Clock number eleven. Yay! Which that sounds like just real life and not necessarily. Uh, yeah. Uh, more sounds more ripped from the headlines than not. Yep. So yeah, but yeah, apparently Doomsday Clock is. Uh, I said well, and y'all talked about doom, this this issue earlier, but didn't this wasn't mentioned? Uh, whether it has any bearing of, you know, in the story <laughs> going forward, who knows? Yep. Next up, <clears throat> why did y'all did not start? No, you know, shut up. Just joking. Uh, how Justice League's JSA is connected to Doomsday Clock. It's JSA, according to Scott Snyder. Um, was also coming from Doomsday Clock number 11. Again, I mm-hmm. uh, read it. Uh, and uh, you and Dirt have, so uh, yep. you can probably... No, thanks. Okay, well, never mind. Wait, <laughs> did, did that issue... I mean, excuse me, did that... Um, did that panel that the dirt 
put out come from this issue also? It was in the back. Uh, if you haven't read um, Doomsday Clock, nope. what's included with the book are these kind of um, supplementary uh, pieces of like sometimes prose, sometimes like journalism articles, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that talk about what, you know, what's going on in, 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 in the timeline that's being described. Is it kind of like in world, in world articles? Right. And, and, uh, that's correct. And what I wanted to, to, to say is, um, you know, at least in this, I didn't read, you know, what Scott Snyder had to say about this. But I can see how, you know, the JSA is supposed to be connected to Doomsday Clock because, you know, that's the that's the, the premise of the story, which is that uh, Dr. Manhattan has done something to alter the timeline, which resulted in the rebirth um, history in the New 52 history. So uh, he said rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, sure. OK. Moving right along. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only so much. Even PCN underscore Dirt would be here. Like, nah, I'm not. I don't want to talk about it. It's mm. there. Read the article. You know. Yeah, I guess. Um, but guess what? We're not. We're not done here. Because. Um, Ozymandias's plan. Lex's discovery. Night Owl's fate. Spoilers for Doomsday Clock number eleven. You know what? Yeah, we just keep going. Things happened. Um, yeah, in actual news, though, the next story is something that Roddy Cat was mentioning, is that Doomsday Clock number 12 is aiming, aiming for a November release, according to artist Gary Frank. So that is just a month away. Uh, two months away, actually, yes. depending on what part of the month it is. So it's, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it's a big window for Gary Frank to hit. I may end up losing my dollar bet to PCN underscore dirt, but let's see. Oh man, doggone it! Why would we do? Did we not have that clip in here? From <laughs> trading places. Um, and I totally forgot about the one I was going to pull for last week, but it doesn't matter. So yeah, that's the thing. That that's still an ongoing. Whatever. Um, next up, Harley Quinn is pregnant with Joker's Joker's baby. What? Seriously. So, before you get your ruffles up, this is from uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight uh, series. So, it's Elseworlds. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, which I um, I still present is, this part aside, it's still a good good book. Because, like I said, I keep saying that I love that first um, White Knight, um, uh, White Knight um, series. Um I did talk about the first issue of this one. This is from the current issue, which, which which came out last week, which I hadn't read at the time. In fact, still hadn't read. So, but yeah, apparently, um, well, but apparently Harley is um, pregnant with the Joker's baby, which kind of made me groan when I saw this because I was like, okay, even just despite the fact that this is Elseworld, I'm like, okay, and even in this um, in this universe, like she was kind of tied to him, but not so much so but I get in but it's not outside the realm of possibility to see that this has happened it's not like in the, you know the regular universe where she's pretty much trying to cl- cut all ties mm-hmm. so you know like they have a history together you know but it was kind of different and she was still in a different place the fact that they kind of tied this together was kind of whatever why they, they didn't necessarily have to do that but hey I assume there's a story reason for it. Um, 
that said, like I said, I would still say, hey, if you're interested in that universe, go check it out because it's it's pretty good art and it's a pretty decent story. At least the first series was. This one's still kind of up in the air. Uh, next up. IDW alum returns as the direct market sales manager. So that's Rosalind Marhead has rejoined IDW Publishing, taking on the role of direct market sales manager. So back from back in 2013 through 2015, she was IDW's PR manager. And uh, subsequent to that, in 15 to 17, she served as the company's director of sales. In the interim, she briefly worked at D.C., and uh, went back to school, so good for her. Indeed, indeed. Secure that bag, as they say. Um, or if there's a bag to secure, anyway. Mm-hmm. Wasted Space gets audiobook adaptation. So this is a Vault Comics book, apparently, uh, that is teaming up with Graphic Audio, uh, a movie in your mind. So I guess they're they're basically doing the audiobook thing like Marvel's doing. And well, Marvel, DC, and you know, I mean, they're, they're right. almost do, but basically, they're turning comics to to audiobooks. So, cool. Good on them. Next, alrighty. Um, so Star Trek: The Animated Series finally gets its due in a book. So, Star Trek: The Animated Series never got the love it deserved, and uh, even despite having won an Emmy, and. Uh, you know, it's it's going to get some love on September 3rd um, when a book entitled Star Trek, the official guide to the animated series written by the tandem of Rich Sheppis and Aaron Harvey. It's the first and only guide to Star Trek, the animated series. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're of a certain vintage, you know, you will know that Star Trek, the animated series is not necessarily canon because it's not, but. It, it was the series that uh, had the original cast come back to do the voices. It was a uh, animated joint from back in the 70s. It was a Lou Shimmer joint who did a lot of the, who was behind a lot of the cartoons back in the day, back in that day. So it was good. There were some good things about it. It was cool. I, I, I enjoyed it in my youth. Uh, I did not know this was on Blu-ray. I might have to pick it up. So... If you are of a certain vintage and you have affinity for it, then go forth and seek that out when this book comes out. Which, uh, it's a, wait, excuse me, it is out. Apparently. Because, oh. yeah, the, the, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, it came out two days ago. So, last but not least, uh, in a bit of um, um, covering, you know, we do have that one section that we rarely ever talk about. In the variant corner section, uh, Bennett, Yarden, and Casada, and more join Strike Force number one covers line up. So Strike Force is speaking of uh, Spider Man, Spider Woman, excuse me, is the book we've talked about before. You know, the, is it going to be a team with Blade and Angela and uh, Jessica Drew, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, and a, and a few others on a team? Thankfully, they didn't tie it tie to the Avengers. Because it's weird how they tie most of every other team book to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. So you get to see uh, preview pages here of said book uh, covers, actually. So boom. And the book will be out, uh, I think, relatively soon, actually. Uh, yeah, September 25th. 
And that, folks, is the end of the show. One more ad, please, sir. Last ad of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? No. Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And as we round out the corner of this here show, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for coming out. You don't have anything uh, to... to no, uh, no boxes to open. No unboxings or anything. Cool. Nope. Sweet. Well, guess what, folks? We will be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Right. As we, uh, as we kind of gear up for uh, uh, stuff that's going to drop at uh, New York Comic Con, apparently. Yes. We, well, yeah. We still got a, a little ways away, but, you know... Sometimes the news hits early. Sometimes it'll be right before, like San Diego. Heaven help us. Um, <laughs> but uh, in this moment, I'd like to, to, to let you know that, hey, we have a clickbait section. Uh, the, the show notes should be down in the, um, the, uh, the, the uh, description of the show. And you should check it out because there's some good stuff to read, including there's like four free what-ifs uh, um, at Comixology that you can go check out from like 2007 I believe it says so and they're free check them out you have you lose nothing what if is the series Marvel series that basically they're going to uh, well you know they're going to make a, a another animated series out of it but it was a long running um, series of saying hey what if this happened instead of this if you didn't already know right so that's it check it out and a couple other things in there regardless check them out it's cool uh, next, next week we'll be back and until then I have been Roddy Cat you can find me at Roddy Cat at uh, Roddy Cats on Twitter Newsletters Need on Twitter CB Caps on Instagram Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter PopCultureNetwork.com I know I was usually say something else after that, but whatever. Uh, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N C B Cron on Twitter, which is the um, the the account for Combo Chronicles. Hi, how you doing? I'm not running that one. Tim is, uh, and also Combo Book Resources, the site uh, where he's over there writing his face off. Go click on the stuff. Give him some reads. So that's some good stuff. Yeah, I think he did one of the um, one of the articles we we talked about earlier. Uh, you can also find this here program on CSPN.us. Do it today. The Coast of the Podcast Network. That's where we ride. That's the place where we rest. It's almost like Brooklyn, except for not. <laughs> yeah. 
I would say the planet of CSPN, but that still wouldn't be right because you know. Um, but you can also find this program on Google Play, um, uh, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Coast of the Podcast Network's uh, SoundCloud page. Next week, folks, we'll be back like we always do about this time. So stay tuned with another episode of What is Tim Dog 98's Click of the Week? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No doubt to shock and amaze and delight you. Mostly not really shock you, but nevertheless, <laughs> it's good stuff all the way around. So until then, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. Oops. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your head?